I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Last Talk War Movies, the show where I try and talk about movies, but never talk about anything and everything else. I am your host, Michael Breslin. To my left is... Shanko. To my right... Kiva Sweeney. And that's all she wrote. <laughs> See, when you were playing the theme song, I looked over at Kiva, and she looked like the whitest woman alive. <laughs> You've got some serious white dance moves on you. I swear to God. Is that self-racism? Can, am I allowed to say that? Ah, no, but right. it's fucking rude to me anyway. <laughs> 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 I was so, practicing. You were so some, on there. Some serious shoulder action going on there. It's the chair dance. I was just running up my spirit fingers to be out. There's some oh, jazz hands. Gonna, uh, I'm glad I fucking didn't. Right? <laughs> I was just had my head slumped, looked up and seen this delighted woman. <laughs> <laughs> the first time or everything. <laughs> that was a way better pun than I got a reaction of it. Do you even hear that? To be honest with you, I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was searching for the danger bottle theme on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> what a compare of a podcast. They don't even listen to the fucking people on it, William. Uh, I am currently battling a fucking severe headache. Like a severe headache. I think, like I said earlier on, it's underlying hang, delay hang, aka a hangover that has just taken its time to fucking fuck me up. Half hang McNulty. <laughs> That's not bad, actually. You've got some medicine there, though, right? I do well. I mean, I wasn't going to drink during this podcast because I was kind of struggling earlier on, but oh, I thought... Shit. Nah, exactly, pal. I mean, <laughs> it's the only way to get through it. That's the fucking just drink it away. Uh, you have about a whole lime in your drink as well. Oh, no, it just looks huge. I don't <laughs> even. It's only two slices. It's just the way it, it does look massive, though, doesn't it? No, <laughs> uh, the, for fucking Dan's birthday party a couple of weeks ago, every time I seen you throughout the night, just more limes ended up in your drink. I say by the end of the night, you had about five whole limes in your drink. <laughs> Do you know what it was? 40 slices. Hey. Do you know what it was? I was so fucking unbelievably blocked that I kept forgetting a lime was in there. Instead of just look at my hand and look at my glass and see a lime, I just kept fucking limes on. There were so many At limes. one point at about 8 o'clock in the morning, there were so many limes I could barely even get fucking alcohol in there. <laughs> just pour the vodka and just the limes are in there so. <laughs> Just inject the lime of fucking suck it like you Right, suck that lime. <laughs> <laughs> so many limes, actually. Uh, where did you get the limes from? I got them from my bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you brought specific limes? Never leaves home without them. <laughs> what other situations could they come in handy? Like, I don't scurvy. have that. <laughs> if there's a scurvy break in your house. Pepper spray. But, like, if someone's attacking you, you, just, you cut the lime. <laughs> 
you cut, you stick, you know, because you're fast, right? You cut the lime and hey, you, instead of using you, the knife, hey, you don't stab them with the knife. <laughs> no, because you go to prison. <laughs> Have this? No, you like a fucking link of it. And then well. but you're all crying because you you forgot you have five paper cuts in your finger. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's trying to get at you, he's trying to rob you or some shit like that. There, you're sign off link of it. Here's one of your five and eight. Bang! Get <laughs> <laughs> right in his fucking eye. That's incredible. That's good. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I feel like nice there should be a laugh in there. I don't know why. I've, I realised though that... We, we... He looks so happy with yourself doing that. <laughs> <thing. laughs> <laughs> No, I, I realise though no. that we we never actually really say what the the danger bottle is. Every week we just assume that people know what it is. I know. We, we, so we it's, it's very it's very rude if we have new listeners. We, it's true. We do forget that this isn't a visual podcast. <laughs> I, or just that people listen every week because <laughs> they don't. <laughs> uh, but danger bottle is a bottle of any kind of alcohol under five pounds that we shall all drink throughout the podcast. Mm-hmm. Because I, I was trying to think what's the best explanation for it, but there's no actual real reason why we do it. No, there's no reason. That was just to get fucked up. I think this is no, the only to, reason. You have to do it. It's the experience, the tastes of the world as well, Michael. I we've, know. We've had like, Montano. We've had Snowball. We've had O'Connell's Irish Cream. Baby Sham. We've had Baby Sham. We've had Lambrini. We've Q- had... QC. QC. We've had WKD. We've got a lot of lot of letters in this. <laughs> <laughs> got the whole alphabet. <laughs> we've had A to Z. <laughs> Right, okay, so it was my turn this week for the danger bottle. Oh, you excited. might have seen I brought some extra apparatus because we've got a pre mix mojito. Oh, yes, oh, my snap. fucking favorite. Um, so it was uh, from Tesco, so it's Tesco alcoholic mojito, zesty lime, and refreshing mint flavors. But then it tells you, it's like, do you ever buy an Odell Paso kit? And you're like, oh, it's all you need, but you don't, you need yeah. like cheese and chili and chicken. And nah. <laughs> Everything. Everything well, they're just selling them wraps, basically. I know. No. <laughs> it just wraps on a bag of powder. It's like, <laughs> like, like six points. <laughs> right, so uh, it was four fifty, but you have to add your own ice and lime and mint, which. Oh, uh, do, you, do you have mint? What? Oh, you got a bag of mints? Fucking check this I don't crush the ice, though, because, yeah, it's not happening. I don't think they meant polos, though. Kiva. Ah, oh, I was about to crack the same. Oh, what? <laughs> I was going to say. No, that. it's a mint. It's still a mint, a polo. I was going to say. I mean, I meet Kiva. You know what? It's my danger bottle. These are drinking the polos. Fucking right. I love my heroes. Get it going. Get along. Oh. oh. By the way, like I was saying, I had a pretty bad hang, aka hangover earlier on. And do you ever, uh, do you ever get that? We don't have to explain everything, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm talking into a microphone. I had a pretty bad hang. But <laughs> <laughs> people. Well, I suppose people might think it was like an unsuccessful suicide. I or they could just think I'm bragging about my penis size or something. <laughs> <laughs> or disappointed. Or disappointed. It's a pretty bad hang. I, because a couple of times I've sissed people and I don't realise how it comes off. But I'll be all, oh man, I'm pretty hung. <laughs> <I'm> like, what? <laughs> but uh, do you ever get that when you're so hungover that I I could swear today that my puss was aluminous. I swear to God. Like, oh yeah. Do you ever get that? Do you ever drink a baraka? Why? <gasps> Uh, no, I've I've heard I've heard the rumors of Baraka. I think that's how they make highlighters. <laughs> oh, oh yes. I was just reminded of this already, and I shit you not, this actually happened. Even though it was Pancake Tuesday on Tuesday, uh, when we were at uni, a, f- a fellow we uh, we love a really good friend of mine called Jack, he made pancakes, but then they spice it up for whatever reason. They had green food coloring, so he just made all these fucking green pancakes. But then, <laughs> it was the day after Pancake Tuesday, and we heard these screams from the toilet, and he was all. 
lads, I would never actually do this again, but you really have to look at my shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it was bright green. He had a, he'd done a green shit. It was incredible. <laughs> I know I did that Paddy's Day one time. I kept adding food colouring to my beer, and it was a bit green. <laughs> Although I've been drinking Guinness recently. Oh, true Irish man then. No, I'm saying it comes out black. <laughs> That's what I call it. There's a such terminology as Guinness shit. It's just but like, you, it's like pebble dash. But you think it would have a wee like, white top. <laughs> one, a wee white top. <laughs> a wee white top. Here, we're done now. Oi. This looks divine. This, it's a very nice presentation. I was just going to say, Mark's on presentation too. Okay. Hang on. I'll, I'll take a picture and tweet it. <laughs> oh, we're, I mean, those people now. <laughs> hey, you, you just keep on going on to me and you use Twitter more, so. Yeah, we've, never, we've luckily never used it once. I'm, I used it today. Thank you for what? They say we were going to see Deadpool. Ah. <laughs> no, i seen as well what he wrote. Oh, uh, podcast trip out or something. And then before that was just test. <laughs> <laughs> was that on Facebook or Twitter? Facebook. Yeah. Jesus, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. unprofessional. <laughs> no, there's oh. a re- there's a reason behind it that I can't say. Well, oh. I can say, but I don't want. To. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like a slug more unprofessional. <laughs> we had to fire the PR guy. <laughs> Speaking of the last talk more movies, day trip. Did you see Deadpool? We've literally just came out of the cinema about 25 minutes ago, half an hour ago. What do we all think? I liked it. It was funny. That, that mojito was quite nice. <laughs> oh, I haven't had a mojito yet. <laughs> Jesus, that's really shitting on Deadpool right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Deadpool, I really fucking enjoyed it. Um, it w- I, I assumed it would be funny. Wow, what happened to you? Shan does not look convinced. No, 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 just no. No, the fuck am I? He looks sweet. It's just I got half a fucking not leave me. Anyone was trying to... <laughs> <laughs> threw me completely. Deal with the presentation. <laughs> got a headache as it is. Now I'm going to have fucking Munstring. <laughs> Can you get Munstring? In the eye. Yeah, more anyway, it irritates de- my skin sometimes. Was Deadpool dead cool? Oh, I'm sorry. Going ahead. <laughs> oh, well, I, I assumed it would be funny. Like, the trailers was funny and all the kind of marketing they'd be doing has been really funny. But it is just like a joke every fucking ten seconds. Mm. Like it's mm. joke after joke after oh. joke, and it's just <laughs> never mop my mouth. <laughs> Not my day. Just just <laughs> lay down the mojitos. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. It's my favorite thing. But yeah, it, it was just so so much comedy in it, and I really fucking enjoyed it. And uh, another thing I was worried about because of the marketing stuff, and even in the trailers, you see him like breaking the fourth wall and. I was worried if they did that a bit too much, it would have been a bit, just like a bit annoying. Yeah. And I was worried, like, if it got, like, too kind of meta and, like, oh, this is a film, bloody man. Uh, but, uh, no, I think it does it perfectly. I think they balance that kind of nicely. Because, I mean, the whole reason that Deadpool's got, like, such a massive cult following is because he does sort of take the piss out of the usual conventions of a superhero. And that's why they kind of state that earlier on in the film, that he is not a superhero. You know, he is just a buddy of that kid who just so happens to be chasing after people who are worse than him. But uh, I like that, you're right. I think with the break in the fourth role, they just found a nice balance with it. They didn't do it too much. Because then it would have just become too known. And it's yeah. almost like they're being a bit arrogant about it. And like, oh, look at us. We're kind of just yeah. shitting on the conventions of a superhero film just for the sake of it. Be- and not they have fun anymore. Because he, he is doing it the whole way through the film. But for a lot of it, he's just, it's nearly just like narrating. Not so right, yeah. it's yeah. it's not, it's does it doesn't really stick out just, as much. It just kind of works as like a sort of subtle voiceover, really, yeah. when he's doing it. But 
there is one of the things that stuck out to me. I don't know, maybe it was me being critical, or maybe it's because I just had I developed a fucking serious headache during a film. But did what do you think of the CGI in Colossus? It wasn't great, wasn't it? Ah, fuck no. You can't See the big metal guy? Aye. Mm. At, at some point... Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't like him. <laughs> I like that. At some point, the fun, like, it looked... You were fucking talking, like, PS2 territory graphics. Like, I, you, you know what I mean? You, you know what makes it worse, though? Because you've seen Colossus in the proper X-Men films as well, and he always looks sweet, like... Yeah, and the, what's what's even scarier, maybe it's something to do with budget, and obviously... They it have, obviously is. They have a couple of jokes on there about how, for the Deadpool movie, they didn't, they didn't get the sort of budget that an X-Men or a fucking yeah. Avengers film would have got. But I think... I don't know. They're obviously not trying to do a meta joke with Colossus. I think they were trying to make him look good, and he just does not look good. Like, well, also, they, 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 like... they completely changed up the character from what he looks like in X Men. It's kind of strange too because the last time we seen Colossus, well, like X Men Three, was that two thousand and six? Yeah, and that's like ten years ago, and those graphics are like twice as good as the ones in Deadpool for Colossus. Like, it's money, yo, money, baby. But I mean, like, like he didn't look good, but the the movement and stuff was good, and like I, when I, he was fighting that hair, it looked pretty good. I don't think it stuck out too much, though. No. Uh, but I think you're right. If they kind of made a, a joke about it, like, oh, you looked better 10 years ago or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, like, it, it wasn't really that jarring. At, although, at the same time, I didn't really see the necessity for Colossus. And what do you call that other X character who I've never heard of in my life? Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Negasonic Teenage Warhead. She was awesome. I liked her. I really liked her. Like, I've never actually seen that actress before who was playing her, but she kind of got that She's only done, like, a couple of things before this. I'm just remembering the film. Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to like give away the jokes. No, but it's like what I did like as well is they obviously had Ed Screen from like Game of Thrones, the original Dario Naharis yeah. in Game of Thrones, and the I, transporter. And that's, that's why he left Game of Thrones today. I know. Bad move, Ed. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he was—is it Screen or Screen? It's, it's like Screen. I don't know. It's I don't a know. strange spell now, but we'll just say Ed Screen. But because uh, he's on one. <laughs> hey. Uh, I thought he was good. He never really convinced me in Game of Thrones. I thought he was a decent actor, but he just kind of came off as a bit creepy. And I know Dario Nahar is supposed to be creepy, but not that creepy. Yeah. I wasn't quite sure of his range, but I thought he was... In the, fair enough, he is playing the most basic villain role you'll ever see. You know yeah. what I mean? There's no depth to that character whatsoever. He's, but, ju- he's just bad because he's bad. He's bad <laughs> because he's bad and he doesn't feel anything. He doesn't feel anything. <laughs> but, I mean, he'd done his job well, and he actually was kind of intimidating at some points. You know what I mean? He was, he was quite... He well, done it quite smoothly, I think, considering it as such a one D character. I know, like he he did what he could with, I suppose. But I I like the way that he he could stand up the Deadpool as well. Like like he he was kicking Deadpool's ass for a bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, well, so it's just it. I'll I'll, I'll I'll keep talking. <laughs> it's just it 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 just adds kind of more of a threat. It, like once that when they have like their big fight and all like you don't actually know if he's if how it's going to end up rather yeah. than just Deadpool comes in and kicks ass. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, you know for a fact like obviously Deadpool's always going to want it because they're trying to start a franchise, which they even joked about on the film, which I did like, and I thought that was one of the best jokes when they oh, all when just, they're cheering. Yeah, they're all looking at franchise. <laughs> obviously, what they're looking for, but uh, I like that it's kind of you go on that Superman territory. Then as soon as they established earlier on that because of like all the experiments and shit they done on Deadpool, he cannot technically can't die. Then that immediately takes away the threat, and you're like, "Oh, well, there's kind of no high stakes here." But you're right. In that final scene, they kind of introduced it in a way that uh, Ed Screen's character had a way of maybe just completely blowing up Deadpool, so he yeah. can't be pieced back together. And because anytime they thought he was kind of kicking Deadpool's hole, you thought, "Oh fuck, what way is this going to go?" You know, for a fact, Deadpool's going to win. Like, but oh, you know obviously. what I mean? Obviously, <laughs> obviously, it's not called Ed Screen. <laughs> <laughs> What was his character's name? I forgot his name. Ajax. Just, or, Ajax, right? Ajax. Or Francis. Francis. 
Um, Have you seen this man? <laughs> <laughs> this is where we just get and they just making quotes from the film and nobody understands we're what we're talking about. So excited! You know, you know what it was though? I mean, like I, I wasn't really looking forward to Deadpool that much because any time I've seen Deadpool sort of humor, it's that sort of internet. You know, everything is fucking awesome humor, and I just I, I don't know his, his style kind of irritates me. And then some of the jokes that kind of gripped on me during the film, but so many of them worked. But I think that fair play to them for doing, you know, mostly, it is kind of essentially mostly a comedy with some fucking ridiculously violent scenes, like, but yeah, I think that there was maybe just too many jokes that just fell flat, you know what I mean? There was a lot on there that just didn't work. Or did you find that? I, I found, no, I mean, the- you're always going to get that with any film, with any sort of element of comedy, not every joke's going to stick, but I thought there was a lot that kind of fell by the wayside. No, I, I kind of enjoyed most of the jokes, like, I think there was, there was one that I can't even remember what it actually was, but there was just an like an if you can say an audible silence during that joke. Like yeah. once the joke, like it, they said the joke, there was just absolutely no sound whatsoever. <laughs> and the sound was like, hey, take out what I. <laughs> no, well, I don't agree with that because all I could hear was sounds coming from the cinema. There was someone across me jangling change. What? Oh, why would you do it? But then I looked over and he looked. He was probably a homeless man or something because he looked. Quite He's homeless. Why he got that change, man? Yeah, I know, exactly. Well, <laughs> No, but he left. He left halfway through and didn't come back. Did he? Because I noticed because the jangle and stuff. I I couldn't. It annoyed me. Also, I smelled I, like what did you say? I, I said this to both of we went in. Did you smell like ham? It smelled ham. And it then smelled yeah. like boiled ham. I think it was in. the people sitting in front of you. Yeah, did they have like a roast smelled, dinner with them or something? Smelled like fucking ass then after the ham dissipated. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we all know, ham turns into ass. <laughs> <laughs> Someone squeaking their chair. Oh, that was me. Was that? <laughs> yeah, no, I just don't wonder it was so loud. <laughs> well, no, I was kind of dancing during the film at some point. I stayed really still. Just to make sure it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even really notice. Do you involuntarily shake sometimes, Kevin? You don't realize. I know. <laughs> <laughs> <Kevin> <laughs> has epilepsy, he just doesn't know. <laughs> Being a white woman moves again. Maybe I was slagging at this all earlier on, I don't even know it. Kevin, go to the doctor tomorrow. <laughs> Are you literally saying that I look disabled? (laughs) (laughs) It's a seizure! It's a seizure! I'm dancing! Put put your wallet in her mouth! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Deadpool. I don't like some of the meta jokes too. See, another reason that I wasn't kind of looking forward to Deadpool's, I think I said this before, Ryan Reynolds is 55 to me. I don't know. He grits on me sometimes, especially in his comedic roles, because I just don't like his style of humour, his delivery. It's a personal thing. I completely understand why other people like Ryan Reynolds. Love Ryan. But then, you know, I, I love him on some dramatic stuff. He's kind of had a strange career. He's filtered in and out of being a leading man. It seems like when Hollywood trusts him with song, he's kind of shit on it. Like I fucked it up. <laughs> uh, he's kind of <laughs> fucked it up. Like with Green Lantern and stuff like that, he fucked that up. He's had a well, few to be fair, Green Lantern wasn't his fault. Ah, <laughs> uh, but, I mean, he was one of the problems. Like, he was, he should have never been Green Lantern anyway. He never showed the character. And I thought he was alright. That whole film was atrocious. We'll not even get into that. Although I don't <laughs> like there is a, a kind of fresh dig it. Well, there's a couple of fresh digs of the Green Lantern film on there. Aye. Well, just Ryan Reynolds in general as well. <laughs> like, he slags <laughs> off Ryan Reynolds in the film. <laughs> See, that's good as well. I mean, like, it never took it that it was so on the nose or so meta or breaking the fourth wall that much that it kind of completely took you out of it. Aye, it was enjoyable. It's not Julia Roberts in Ocean's 12 yeah, kind of territory. <laughs> and it's, it's just like, it never felt either because sometimes when people try and be meta or they try and like make a reference to the fact that they know they're in a film or it is a film, it just kind of comes across as very 
arrogant or sometimes it just comes across as really forced like that Ocean's 12 version that you or that yeah. uh, example you were given there now and then that's that's what makes it worse because it's like they're almost trying too hard to be different and kind of be outside the box but this done it really well I yeah. think because like that kind of breaking the fourth wall is a bit kind of tied on with the Deadpool the whole idea of Aye. Deadpool like, like everybody's comics, expecting it from him it's, he's like very aware that it's a comic you mm. know and maybe in Ocean's 12 didn't work because everyone else was just being fucking normal and it was like yeah. I know it does just come know? out of nowhere it's just so fucking stupid <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's baffling to think that that actually happened yeah that they someone sat down and like oh it'd be funny if Julia Roberts looks like Julia Roberts it's, it's Ocean's 12 is a pile of balls anyway like I reckon it was just Bruce Wells really wanted a cameo <laughs> in Ocean's 12 he's like how can you work man your best friends with Julia Roberts. We'll slag you, but not have a mask on a three seconds on screen as well. <laughs> <laughs> Other things, uh, Marina Backran, who I think may be the most attractive woman on the planet. Ah, oh, she's so hot. Oh my god. Although, in like, saying that, Ryan Reynolds is so goddamn hot in this film as well. He's though. really goddamn good looking too. I mean, like, Ryan Reynolds has always been built, but he's he's kind of got into this kind of weird, like, really slim but really toned kind of really area. Slim built. Uh, but, like, he's, he's nearly. Like, his whole body is like an arrow just pointing to his dick. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's exactly what he's going for. <laughs> like should that. Have, he should have been the green arrow, not the green arrow. <laughs> but, he, like, the, his whole just to- torso just tapers, just, just so point top at heavy. his... Aye. And he's got these wee chicken legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he's so bolt up top. But, uh, but he's yeah. an attractive man. Just the, the, <laughs> the two of them fucking is just... Patch of their uh, children. Amazing. Patch of their children, like... We tiny Deadpool. Oh, <laughs> what would the, what would what would that be? What would their couples combination be? You know, Marina there's like Brangelina and shit like that. Uh, What's her name in the Mar- Marina Baccarin? Oh, I mean in real life. What would Mar- it be? Marion. Mar- <laughs> That's awful. Racarin. That's not Ryankarin. Ryankarin. No, no. What? Wait. What's their last names? Reynolds and Baccarin. Racarin. Ran back. Right <laughs> <laughs> I was really struggling. You, you got back. there, like I just, just said something you didn't. <laughs> I know because the look in your face, like how oh, you used not saying. <laughs> I like that. Also, in in Deadpool, just that they had that style humor so well. I like that. Obviously, they had that duality, like with Colossus and that other ex girl who I'm, I'm never going to remember her name. Negasonic. Teenage Warhead. As a Warhead? Warhead, yeah. How rude. But, uh... That's why he was all... That's what names. <laughs> but I like that duality. First of all, they were making a joke about this sort of... That classic idea of a superhero. Like the X-Men are, you know, like... Yeah. The, the society and all that shit. And Deadpool is just such a cunt. <laughs> he's just... He's not... He, he does not give one fuck whatsoever about being a superhero. He's just out for himself. And I just... I like that there's... I'm not obviously spoiling the film, but... There's a bunny of speech at the end by... Colossus and he's trying to convince Deadpool you've all seen it like I don't even know why I'm telling you because you've literally just came out of the cinema but it's full of listeners <laughs> uh, he's, 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 that was so fourth wall of me how <laughs> mad me maybe I should write on Deadpool too <laughs> but uh, he's trying to convince Deadpool and you know taking a new path you know choosing a, a better way of loving and it's just completely falls flat <laughs> and you know for a fact that's coming as well like you know I know, I know. it's the perfect sort of well they ended it but no, I, I don't like it. I mean, considering I went on to see it and I wasn't really looking forward to it, probably the combination of Ryan Reynolds and just not looking at just Deadpool style of humour. I don't know, it's always just kind of grilled on me, like I said already. But no, I definitely enjoyed it. 
I would watch it again. I think it's a very watchable film. Oh. Hark back there last week. <laughs> uh no, I, 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 I really fucking enjoyed it. Uh it's it's just really funny and like I, that's why I kinda mostly look for in films. If they can make me laugh then I'll like them probably. That's why you hit Schindler's list. Exactly. <laughs> Terrible film. <laughs> or he had Steve. Um <laughs> But no, so, some things that I don't like about Deadpool, and it's it's not even that I don't really like him. It's just they do so well at introducing the Deadpool character at the very beginning that when it goes and the the backstory of Wade, it's fine. But you just want Deadpool to come back. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's like I I, I, I like the way they kind of put it together as well. That it, it it's. It's kind of flipping through time, like going back and forth. I thought that was smart. I know that that was good, but it's just that they made Deadpool so entertaining that you kind of just want to get back to Deadpool, yeah. and you're j- just waiting for Wade Although, to turn into Deadpool. In, yeah. in its defense, because Deadpool's not a household name by any means, and obviously they're always going to have to do the origin. I think that for a first film out of any superhero film that I've seen recently, that was probably like the shortest origin that they done, which is yeah. a good thing because I mean, the actual flashbacks, the Wade's life, you know, before he was Deadpool. I think it's only about maybe under 10 minutes long. You know, collectively, when it's all jumbled up, you know, about him meeting Marina Background and stuff. Like that. It's not, I'd say it's longer than Oh, maybe about 10, 15. But I mean, usually the origin of a first superhero film is like the first hour. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Most yeah, of it is pretty much action. I think they chopped that thing. Uh, as well, I think that that sort of standard origin uh, story in the first film is so anti-Deadpool anyway, because obviously it's trying to cut up all these genre conventions of superhero films, so... Obviously, I think they just tried to kind of expedite that and, and sort of speed I, up. It, it did feel like something like, okay, we have to get through this, so let's just get through it kind of thing. I think it actually worked in its favour. It's something that... Oh, oh, fuck, sorry, I dropped the ball over. Uh, <laughs> it's something that uh, Heron's talked about quite a couple of times too, about how he would love to see, well, just any genre of film that introduced a new character, but he was sort of pointing towards superhero films and he was discussing this, but he says that he would like to see them just do away with the origin because, you know... Is it not more interesting if, if you don't know? The mystery. They're obviously, I mean, th- that might work better in like a, a real life character. If you've got like a, a superhuman or like a mutant like Deadpool, you're going to have to have some explanation about how you came to be this way, which they don't, but I thought they handled that pretty well. And as well, it just worked because it just it gives the film a far better piss because you know yourself, you see origin stories in superhero films so many times and most of them are pretty much the very same fucking thing. You know what I mean? Like they've fallen on the vat of fucking acid or you know some otherworldly things happen and then it's them struggling they kind of come to terms with but it's boring when you watch it it kind of just sucks you dry for the first hour like even the like the whole kind of like costume design yeah part which i think a lot of films try to make that kind of comedic anyway mm-hmm. but i think this one like rifled through it but it was in part of the the action and story i think it was like one kind of sequence and it was it was, it was done like it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> so I think that might have been my favorite part of the film. <laughs> it was it's just, really good. Where's Francis? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's I don't I don't even know why I find it so funny. It's it's the music, the song playing during it is oh so fucking God, funny. That, that is amazing. And just him actually just like cutting up like a white hoodie and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sticking on a pair of sunglasses. He's all, like, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> 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 it's just so funny. Also, uh, as a final thing for Deadpool. Big shout out as well to a personal favourite of me and Michael's, TJ Miller. He just makes everything better. I also was going to say, I wanted t- more TJ Miller. Uh, I, I well. want the more TJ Miller. He's, it's uh, Deadpool's friend. He works in the, the bar. The bartender. Oh. Weasel, I think you go. Yeah, uh, I think it's Weasel. But uh, obviously, we're, me and Mickey are big Silicon Valley fans. And he's like one of the main characters in Silicon Valley. And he's but he, just anything I've seen TJ Miller on. And he's done quite a bit of shit as well. But he always sort of even, he's one of those actors you can elevate 
a piece of shit and they like a sort of higher piece of shit. You <laughs> <laughs> can turn a cold turd warm. Yeah, we are. Oh. <laughs> or maybe a warm turd cold. Strange analogy, but I'll go with it. <laughs> it, it seems to make sense. Yeah, I, don't, I, I haven't fully thought it through. Yet. I don't think it, so. It, just, it, <laughs> it does seem like a work in progress. Basically, the question is, what do you prefer, a hot turd or a cold turd? <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, probably cold. If you have to pick it up, if you pick it up, you don't have to pick a warm turd. But what? No, but what if you're punishing someone? <laughs> by making them pick up a warm turd. No, by like shitting on their desk or something. It doesn't matter. You just shit in their desk. I don't think they give a fuck about the temperature. Aye, but it's worse if it's warm yeah. and it stinks more. But worse, but therefore <laughs> better for you. Yeah, exactly. You get yeah. get what that about this, get Michael? that stank in there. <laughs> One of the worst things I've ever heard somebody do is we were at uni. I'll not name any names, but I know a boy who shit in the other boy's pillowcase and doesn't tell him. Dave, was <laughs> 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 it? I wouldn't even Dave. Uh, sorry, How Dave. bad is that? Like that's cruelty. That's pinky fucking that's territory. Pinky. It's in hey, the pillowcase. Inside the pillowcase. So that means that he went. Obviously, if somebody shit on your pillow, you'd see it straight away and not lie down. But he was that slick and that crafted. They shit inside the pillowcase. So your man's head like, actually lay on it. It, it. it could be days before you find that. Well, you, you go to you go to bed every night. Like, hey. Hmm. Not if it's cold. <laughs> you definitely smell it inside <laughs> your fucking pillowcase. It's right beside your nose. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> No, I put my pillow in between my legs. And oh, it's it. even worse. Oh, it's <laughs> Maybe even you worse. wake up in the morning, you're all, oh my God, I can't believe I shit on Simon Pelican. <laughs> I'm not even angry, I'm just impressed. <laughs> How did that happen? How did I do it? sleep. <laughs> <laughs> did we watch anything else this week? Uh, Yeah. I watched The Big Short. Oh, were you confused? I was confused as fuck. <laughs> No, you see, because you, you asked me this. Well, actually, I was confused, but you asked me, was I confused? Because I just thought you didn't understand the last message. I said, confused. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he, like he because mes- I didn't have a clue what you were on about. Like, he messaged me. I think I was saying, like, I were doing the, the podcast on Thursday night this week, just about to watch the big short, and I, like, ignored the message for hours, and then I messaged him saying... <laughs> I love how you said, I ignored the message for hours. <laughs> Classic Shango. But very then, real. <laughs> because it was, like... Over three hours since they sent the message, I thought, right, he must have watched the big short by now. So I just messaged him back saying, confused question mark. He's all, what the fuck? That message was clear as day. Podcast <laughs> at 8 o'clock. <laughs> I, I was like, podcast at 8. I watch big short. <laughs> what did you think of them? I I really enjoyed it, but I was actually super depressed by the end of it. Yeah. It it does take a kind of big turn. Mm-hmm. Like, because the whole way through it, obviously, like it's talking about this terrible thing that happened, but it it keeps it really kind of quick and quite entertaining, even when they're explaining. Because like, I think uh, Adam McKay did a great job of getting that he, job in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but he did a great job of he knew he was going to have to explain some of the things, and so literally he just held his hands up and was all like, right. I'm going to explain this part of of it to you know. And the but celebrity cameos. I and so so he's so all like, "Here's Margot Robbie to explain this to me." <laughs> oh, I, just, I heard about that. I haven't seen the film, but I heard about that. I, it's yeah. it's like just a few times throughout the film, they just basically have celebrities explain what's going on. Like the, there's you know someone that, in the bath or something. Yeah, that's Margot Robbie. Uh, She's in the bath. Oh you're, yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> you're watching that tomorrow, Let's watch that section. <laughs> Over but, and over again. Yeah, because they have like Anthony for Bourdain as well. I don't like, understand. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me again, Margot. <laughs> you sitting in the bath with her. <laughs> <laughs> my laptop and all. We glass of red. <laughs> Mommy, I'll keep on. What are you doing? <laughs> no, are you kidnapped Margot Robbie? <laughs> 
I wanted to explain mortgages to me, mom. It's tough. Never learned. Are we going to say anything? Oh no, I thought you were going to continue with Victoria. I know, but you were in the middle of saying something. <laughs> oh no, shit! No, all it was was that. What do you think of Christian Bale and Steve Carell? I think Steve Carell should be nominated and not Christian Bale. <laughs> it's strange. I thought Christian Bale was very funny and very effective in the small amount of screen time that he has, but certainly the, the bigger focus is Steve Carell, and Steve Carell uh, has more to do. I mean, I know, but he 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 just has more of a kind of bigger arc as well, and he he has. Like a kind of key moment in the film, and he does it so well about where he just realizes that he's, the whole world is about to implode. Basically, but, I mean, like, not only does he have more like dramatic heft and more of the wit they carry, but it's just a, a meteor, more well-rounded role. I mean, basically, Christian Bale's character is just supposed to act weird and have a fucking weird eye. You know what I mean? That's that's pretty much. And don't yeah. get me wrong. <laughs> but like Christian Bale I'm sorry I'm you believe he has a weird eye <laughs> I'd say you know what I don't believe he had a weird eye it looked fine <laughs> the character has failed <laughs> bullshit but no I really like Christian Bale it? but you would go oh I wouldn't quite say I like a glorified cameo but he's not on it that much like. he's not on it that he much really Com- compared to the rest of the people in the show like well, actually, no, when you talk about glorified cameos, Brad Pitt is a glorified cameo. Aye, well, well he, he produced it as well, didn't he? Aye, that's probably what I would say. I thought that Brad does, just, does, just doesn't put himself in his films, like, you know. No, what? no, he doesn't. I'm not, you know, I'm not shit talking about Brad. Not Pitt talking. You know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> not Pitt talking. You like that? Quite like that, actually. Yeah, well, yeah. that was it. But, um, I know, but, like, just when you're thinking that Christian Bay is nominated for Best Supporting Character, and you, you, like you could have stretched that to Steve Carell's character as well because you wouldn't have said he was the lead. There's no real There's lead no in lead, it. No. But if you had a stretched a lead, it would be Brian Gosling. Yes. So I, you know, I think I think Steve Carell should have been in there more so than Christian Bale. I think it was a better performance, and they had a lot more to do, and more of the crux of the film is kind of around his character. How much a snubling can I even bastard with Baby Goose in that film, Brian Gosling? I didn't really understand what he was doing to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> He was but, just kind of brokering deals. He was just aye, he, backstabbing everybody. Aye, he was just whatever to get money. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's those sort of people who ruined the financial market and probably yeah. destroyed the fucking world. Like, you know what I mean? Pretty but, much. But what, uh, what, no, what I was going to say is uh, the actual whole kind of explanation of stuff and all that kind of said, I, I pretty much understood what was actually happening. The whole, There was never a time where I was kind of like, oh, no, I'm completely lost. Like, I... While watching it, I understood what was happening. I probably yeah. couldn't tell you now, <laughs> but yeah. during the film, I think that's a that's a really big strong point to Adam McKay doing it because I think he managed to get across this this complicated thing, yeah, very simply and very uh, effectively, easily. and as well without really spoon feeding it to people. Aye, because, because I mean, it, c- sorry, it it doesn't feel like he thinks you're stupid. Yeah, that's why I liked it as well because. It's one of the few Hollywood films that I've seen, especially which is tackling such a big subject like, you know, the, the recession and the financial market meltdown and stuff like that, which is, it's, like somebody said, it's, a, it's an important film. It's one of those films that kind of has to be made, like, you yeah. know what I mean? It's one of those films that has, it's like, the last film I heard that about was, remember when uh, An Inconvenient Truth was released back in like 2006, about the climate change, the Al Gore documentary, right, and yeah. people are saying it's just one of those films that has to be made, that has to be there for people to see, just to kind of educate themselves, or as a backdrop, you, you know, the, what actually happens, you know, an important moment in history or whatever, but I like the fact that he didn't treat the viewers as being dumb, like you were saying, he didn't kind of dumb it down for them, he kind of used all the terminology, you know, you doing it slower is just, that's, oh shit, is it fuzzing up? <laughs> Yeah. I was going to say, you doing it slower is making it way worse. <laughs> no, this this is way quieter. 
Oh, it's done. Quiet oh, it's gone. The gas is gone. There we are. <laughs> <laughs> the longest gas ever. Uh, but hey, big short. Um, another thing I liked about it is that, like you were saying, I didn't really understand. I understood what was happening and kind of where it was going, but I didn't understand most of the terminology, which I doubt unless you're like a fucking mortgage broker or something like that, you wouldn't. But because I obviously recently worked for a mortgage company and I resigned recently too. Uh, Fuck them. <laughs> I kind of understood all the stuff about like subprime mortgages and all that, but I was surprised at like the amount that it didn't. But like you were saying, I think Adam McKay does a good job of just kind of creating that atmosphere that you know that something bad is going down even yeah. if you don't fully understand the ins and outs of all the jargon which is all that kind of really matters you know and then if you want to read on it more he hasn't dumbed it down for you so you know you can maybe just rewatch it and understand it a bit better the, the thing that's more puzzling is everybody's motives because like like the, like you get like christian bay like he's he's betting against the the mortgage the mortgage bonds and yeah. stuff like there but then Steve Krell starts getting involved in it, and then the other two younger actors, they get involved in it. And then Brad Pitt helps them and all is here. And then as they realize how much worse it's getting, they keep on buying more and more. Mm. And it's and it's just like... Do you... Like, it, it just seemed like anytime anything happens, they just bought more things they bet against the mortgage. I, the and I... it, was just, it was just weird that... It's like what? Why are you actually buying these out? Because like the two younger ones, they're just in it to try and make money. But then why is Brad Pitt helping them? Because he's obviously he has his characters obviously against that. And then Steve Carell has the whole big thing at the start where he, he it isn't just about making money for him. Like he 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 wants a whole kind of moral thing yeah. to be in business kind of. And it's just like why why are you doing this and. Is he just trying to punish the bankers or whatever? I had that same issue or that kind of that idea when I first watched it too because Steve Carell is like almost like a sort of moral crusader and he's trying to crusade yeah. against the banks for essentially robbing everyday people blind. But then towards the end I was like, well why the fuck is he's actually he's helping the problem? You know what I mean? He's actually one of the ones who's creating this financial crisis also. But then I thought when I kind of took some time to actually think about it is that not more Adam McKay trying to say that, you know, even if you are ridiculously moral, you are just at heart a good person, the greed always kind of triumphs over everything, and that's yeah. kind of the reason why we're on this fucking problem now anyway. I mean, you can have moral good people like Steve Carell, but, you know, if the opportunity is there, they make fucking hundreds of millions of dollars because you have got this idea before anybody else and you're going to exploit this bad thing, even if it means other people losing their houses or losing shit tons of money, then I think that's what he's trying to say, you know what I mean? Aye, like, like, greed can kind of overtake aye. anybody. Because even the, the two younger people as well, they're, they're only, like, really angry about it and start, like, they're ready to go to the papers and all about how crook, how crooked these bankers are when they're not getting their money. They yeah. already know that they're fucking crooked and, like, fucking making this big financial crisis, but they were all right with when they were going to benefit from it. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's when like, they're not getting their money, then they're all, fuck these guys. Yeah, <laughs> you, know what exactly. I mean? you can't take the high road just because you weren't allowed on the fucking low road. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's actually probably my favourite scene in the film is when, and again, it kind of creates that sort of jangled, (coughs) excuse me, that jangled motive sort of thing that you're talking about, whereas Brad Pitt is obviously completely against what people are doing, but then he helps the the two younger bankers, you know, invest and helps them exploit the market and make money. Mm. But I absolutely love the scene then where they start celebrating when they think they're going to get the money and he completely dressed them down. And he's been, it's probably the most reserved character I've ever seen Brad Pitt play. He, He essentially just plays this really... He's a retired like broker, 
who's ridiculously quiet and reserved, but he helps these two guys, and he's quiet throughout the whole film, you know, kind of bridging on not saying much, or only one word answers, but then he just gives him a quick bollocking, mm. because they start celebrating, and he's all, well, you do realise that, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are going to lose their jobs, why are you celebrating that, or why are you laughing about that, or something? Aye, and and they're, just, they're betting against them, like, aye. them winning is people losing their houses, exactly. and people losing their jobs. And he's saying, well, how could you celebrate that? I, what sort of person what's what's the, the thing he comes out with is that like when unemployment drops one percent ten thousand people die or something like that yeah it's all yeah it's mad it just it just it hits you but i got actually even more because how they built up that character as being so quiet and, and soft-spoken so then when he says that to him it's even more a sting it has way more yeah. impact but just just to talk about more about adam mckay so i think he he did an incredible job directing this film, and I think he deserves his Oscar nomination. Yeah, and it's crazy. I mean, I because obviously... it, because what just because I hadn't seen the film before the the nominations came out, and it was just like, oh, that's a bit of a weird one. Like Adam McKay getting nominated for an Oscar thing. Yeah, but I think it is. He did a great job with, it, and I, I think in a lesser director's hands, it could have just been too confusing or just not even really dealing with what it's trying to deal with. I find that absolutely incredible still that the man who directed Anchorman and Stepbrothers directed The Big Short. <laughs> it's, it's mental, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's him and, and, and nobody can kind of get their head around it, but... Although it, in, the, in the other guys, he had, like, a whole kind of... Aye, there was, like, a subplot with Steve Coogan. He, he pops up there in the other guys. <laughs> it's sad, uh, but, like, the, the mortgage... So it's obviously something that kind of... He's I know, like, he... Like, I think he's kind of really political anyway, and he's kind of interested in all that stuff. I've seen his politics shine through him, Stepbrothers. I really got that. I got what he was trying to go for. <laughs> no, but I, I know what you mean. Like, he has... But it seems it anyway. Especially because I actually thought that the other guys, which is an alright comedy, that was its weakest point. Because it was all fun, just kind of setting up the buddy cop genre. And if they would have just done that and left alone that kind of tacked on subplot about the banks which kind of just dragged the film on an extra 20 minutes and then the end credits have all these like statistics about yeah, like, no, like the, the the disproducer disper- disper- I can't talk distribution distribution of wealth there yeah, <laughs> we got there in the end of out of 5 Michael like short Um, if you want to be super fucking pressed 5 <laughs> oh, fuck there we go I get your first 5 I, I don't write a lot of films. <laughs> 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 no, but I, I was just genuinely really impressed that because like because I don't really pay attention to this, all this kind of stuff as well, and just the kind of that it got through to me, and I feel like I understand it a bit more, and just educate. I think it does genuinely educate people about it, yeah. and in a non-condescending way too. Yeah, which is very impressive. Very impressive. Kiva. This week I watched Good People. What's that? Uh, good people. Ah. <laughs> um, Is this I think thing it's like on? 2014. Uh, I find it on Netflix, whereas I find most of my films. It's Kate Hudson and James Franco. Yeah. Oh. It's directed by some Danish guy. I wrote it down right there. The Danish boy, as opposed to the Danish girl. I think he's Danish. I don't know. Uh, Henrik Ruben Jens. Never heard him. No, I think this was his first kind of feature. I think yeah. he's like produces TV or something. All right. Um, but so uh, Hudson Franco, they're a couple, American couple, living in London. Uh, they've got shit all money. Um, he inherited this house that they're trying to do up, but they have no money to do it up. They're renting an apartment that they're getting evicted from. Why they don't just live in the house? I I don't know. Right, but they rent a separate apartment in the basement. 
They're subletting the basement, which doesn't sound very legal either. <laughs> um, they're subletting the basement to this like criminal guy who watches loads of TV and takes liquid O or something, some drug. Liquid O? So I don't know what it's liquid O. I think it's liquid O. I Sounds cool. Um, <laughs> Just pure jizz. But he dies. <laughs> he dies in a like a. You don't really know. I think it's like a drug overdose or something. Yeah. But he's his TV's loud and they go down. And they find he's dead. The police come. So they know he's di- he's obviously a criminal. There's like See, guns and an overdose. An O liquid overdose. <laughs> <laughs> just not liquid O. But it's like a suspicious death. But the police just kind of be all. So did they go out much? Okay, bye. Right, but they're cleaning up the apartment and find in the ceiling like a big duffel bag of like two hundred thousand pound or something. Oh, I don't so know how much. Like so much money. <laughs> Um, so good like so I'm then they're like so broke. they're kind of <laughs> they're back and forth and like should we keep this because we're fucked like we have no more like but they do have an option to go back to america that's that's put out yeah. there right but so they ha- they don't decide uh and then the lead detective who's played by tom wilkinson oh tom wilkinson yeah he's oh. pretty good um he comes and kind of they investigates the crime or the death or whatever and they decide not to tell him about the money so more or less they're keeping the money and then it's just, it's just stupid <laughs> <laughs> they're just really they're just not smart about it at all like so they're they're fucked they're completely fucked but a right, week can, later can we they're just, sorted can we just draw a line on this that you didn't like this film I didn't like this yeah, film so, <laughs> I, so spoil the fuck out of it then if yeah. you uh, it seems to be the way if it's a shit film, you can just talk about it. All right, okay. <laughs> I, I, I think you're doing a service to the people listening because yeah. it means that if you spoil the fuck, yeah, they don't have to watch it. So um, spoilers for good people. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for good people. Good people, people. bad film. Um, <laughs> so they keep the money. They decide they well. Oh, sorry, I forgot to mention. So they have they fuck all money, right? They've, they're they're doing shit, right? But she's they're trying to get pregnant, and somehow the solution that's going to make everything better. Of course. But it's the way to get pregnant, they're having problems getting pregnant, but the way to get pregnant, she finds, is through sushi. What? So they have sushi night, which is a, a euphemism for when she's fertile, they have sex. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. Uh, well, we have sushi night now, and they're all trying to be all like flirty, you and you're like, fish theme as well. Oh, she must be bogging. It's, <laughs> it's gross. But so then she spends all the money on IVF. He goes and buys a new power drill, and... <laughs> James Franco's fucking dream a new power drill no, but just when you were chatting about trying to conceive and stuff and you says he goes and buys a new power drill I thought does he buy a new cock does he buy a new <laughs> that a, there's surgery for that kind of shit I think he's got 200 grand we can buy what he wants um, and like buying their friends gifts and their so obviously the lead detective Tom I think it's Tom Wilkinson yeah that's Tom Wilkinson right. he's like a, he's obviously has them under surveillance because they know there's something going on with this guy yeah. who's died so they're always, they obviously have the fucking money going on. <laughs> like, stupid right but then the money actually belongs to some I can't remember this actor's name I, was, I wasn't even paying attention it has to be a drug lord I think he's it? a French guy some drug lord French guy is he a French actor or a French drug lord not Frank, I think he's a French actor <laughs> what else then Either that I or he's know. really convincing. I can't even remember what it looks like to be honest. Only, it like, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The only it really three, French matter. Actors, three French actors I can think of was Eric Kempner, my childhood idol. No. Gerard Depardieu or Jean Dujardin, who was an artist. 
No. Nah, not them. No. Fuck them. I mean, matter. it could be. I just don't even. Is there a Ken that watched something? It's not. It's definitely not. Has <laughs> he done know. any other film apart from Saving Eric? He does a lot of French films, but everybody kind of forgets about him. But he actually is a good actor. <laughs> Maybe not people in France. That, <laughs> that's what that's called, though. Saving Eric. Uh, looking for Eric. Looking for Eric. Where did I get Saving, Saving Eric from? Um, Better title. So <laughs> he and all his goonies. Uh, start to track them down too. The police are after them. Everyone's after them. And they're just, then it just, so basically no, it's like build as a kind of thriller crime action. There's yeah. not really any action until over halfway through when everyone starts to come for them for the money, which they've when hidden. And she gets the IVF. <laughs> so it's, it's hidden. They've hidden it somewhere and they're trying to figure it out. Um, They end up getting freaked out. They ask for the help of the detective and then it turns into home alone. <laughs> just, like their, I just like Skyfall. With all their new kind of, they spend a lot of money on all new bits of wood and all to do up their house and power drills and all. They they basically make their house drills? and they like a like like Home Alone's fucking wet dream. Like it's just you know they've it's it's shit. Oh. Right. So so you said earlier they're just so stupid with how they spend the money. What would you spend your two hundred grand on, Kiva? Oh, what a question. Well they could have just left the country bit. Yeah. They're not even British anyway. They could nothing would have been said if they had to just left all their way back to America. Yeah. Could have went anywhere. Had like fuck off, Holly. Well, I just moved back to America. Third no third South America, down old Mexico. But away. you see this this brings up the question, why did they leave America? They could be wanted for murder yeah. there. Well, I think he had inherited this house. Nah, this house bullshit. they're trying to do. I think, I think they, I think they murdered someone. <laughs> I do, I do, well, I mean, he's pretty handy with a nail gun and See? a power drill, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and he needs a, a new one because the other like one is in someone's head. Psychic, <laughs> psychic uh, abilities of like, do you know where people are? He's, he's under the, he's on the next floor down, and there's a boy upstairs. He's not even fucking making no noise or like stomping about, and he knows strategically where they like nail gun up to like. Nail his feet to the ground. It's like, how do you know where? How do you know that? How are you doing I, this? Stupid. I I have a lot of respect for James Franco in everything he he does, and he he, he does a lot of stuff. Like he like he's direct. He directs. He writes. He he does. He does a lot of stuff, and he's a very creative man. And all this here, and I think he like he did a PhD in like poetry or whatever. English and, literature. Uh, English literature. And it's very, it's all very impressive. But he's done some shit. Like. Oh, he's done some absolute balls. <laughs> the, like. the, the thing about it is, like, I, if it had been... I watched it because I, I knew them two actors. I was mm. like, I know these actors. I'll watch it. Oh, Kate Hudson should have been a red flag for you. Yeah. <laughs> Kate like, Hudson has never made... Well, she hasn't made a good film since Almost Famous. I don't know if it was, like... I couldn't even really judge their, like, performance. Not that I re- would really spend much time doing that anyway. Just because I was... I just You just couldn't get it couldn't get on there i mean i watched the whole thing i didn't fall asleep well that, that, how, how long was it so, too, i don't know too long i felt felt about five hours it was, 45 it was just really you know what's going to happen at the end about 20 minutes you just know you just know what's happening it's like it's so it's just uncreative as fuck yeah uncreative as fuck super predictable loads of plot holes like you think like no, like if they were two real people, they would have been. It seems as well that idiots, like, totally it's kind of even from your description, it's all over the place. It seems like it's going for laughs, but then it's getting dark in places, and yeah, it just doesn't I seem like a well of lads open with. No, so it's shit. Then I don't like it. So Is there a five, sex scene? 
Mm, I don't think so, no. <laughs> well, there's, there's sushi nights, but they oh. just feel, hey, sushi night. And he's all, ooh, sushi night. Oh. That's oh. awful. That's oh. awful. Oh. And then there's like a throwback. Do they there's actually throwback. eat sushi? Oh, no, I don't know what to do. Avert your eyes. But so it's so her IVF treatment. Oh, it's like a spoiler. Such she's trying to get pregnant, and then at the end she's pregnant. Oh, oh. it's worse. But I mean, like she holds up a pregnancy second. Like, she's all, and he's like, no more sushi nights. <laughs> like, no. Oh, oh fuck off so my sushi night. <laughs> Sounds like the worst fucking film ever. Right, so we'll be avoiding that one at all costs, given. Yes, don't unless you you've on TCP or something. <laughs> <laughs> Or you just want to end it? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, don't. It's not even worth killing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> not like this. Um, Sham, what have you watched? Uh, I watched the best exotic Marigold Hotel. And then the next night I watched the second best exotic Marigold Hotel. That is a fucking serious tongue twister. Not even tongue twister, but it just takes a lot to get that out. Uh, second one was out. Just last year, 2015, and I think the first one was out in 2011. If you don't know the plot, I'm not spending too much time on it. It's uh, basically uh, about a group of like British OAPs, Tom Wilkinson included, mm-hmm. uh, it's got a, who basically have loved their lives in Britain and now they're looking for a new lease of life just to kind of see out their final days. So they moved to this hotel in, in India, which is like a sort of retirement home, but it's more exotic. Uh, you've got all the sort of stereotypes in there. Uh, we call her Maggie, Jesus Christ, from Harry Potter. Maggie, Maggie James, Smith. Maggie Smith, Maggie Smith. She's like really racist towards like every race except you know fucking white people. And she moves out there and she can't ask to adjust. The reason that she's went out there is because she has to get a hip operation, but the NHS waiting time is too long. Uh, you've got a couple who've kind of lost a lot of money and they were planning on buying another house to retire in, but they can only now afford the, you know, kind of downsize. So instead of that, they choose they go to Enda for an adventure. You've got Tom Wilkinson's character, who's the main focal point of the first one, who goes out there because he's looking for his long-lost lover, who was a former man-servant of his. Back when he's, he's a gay man. A man-servant. Yeah, no. I, I, just, I just thought you were saying he was a former man. He was a former man. There was a big gap servant. between man and servant. <laughs> because I thought man-servant might have been insulting. I don't know what they say. Butler? And then you've got Bill Nye, who... Or no, sorry. What's right? Could have called him a butler. I'm a fan butler. Oh, well, considering the fact they were in a homosexual relationship. <laughs> squeeze is all squeeze. Uh, then the other one's Judy Dench. Her husband's just died. The Dench. The Dench. Her husband's just died. Uh, he was kind of in control of all the family's finances. Again, she's kind of left a financial aid loss and she just moves out there. They Wait, the you, you skipped over Bill Nye? Bill Nye? No, that Bill Nye is that I, I forgot he's the guy who fucking lost all his money and can't afford to buy another house with his wife. Oh, his wife, right. old enough, is uh, I can never remember this actress's name, but it's the his same wife from Sean the Dead, Sean's mum. Oh, really? So uh, they're the same couple Aww. again. I know it was kind of, but she's an absolute cunt on it. Oh, really? The way in Sean the Dead, she's like the nicest woman ever. She's like, hello, pickle. I, Auntie Sean's mum. Just put it that way. She's Aww. such a cunt. But uh, it's a nice film. It's charming. I think it's definitely helped out by the strength of its cast. I mean, that is kind of like a who's who of like older British actors. Yeah, yeah devs. Uh, it's funny in parts. Not like Laugh Out Life funny, but it's just one of those nice films. It's easy laugh to out, watch. La- laugh Out Life? Laugh, laugh Out Life. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that? Right. Well, maybe if they laugh out too loud, their, their life might end. They you didn't say it. Laugh Out Loud, didn't <laughs> Laugh Out Life's my new thing. I'm going I'm to rum that. Uh, there's some characters in there that's sometimes there's just too many subplots. I mean, I think they could have been doing, like, th- there's one character in there and he's, like, this kind of old 
creepy granddad who just goes out there to kind of try and woo women and shit like that. And you've seen that sort of dirty old character fucking so many times. Like, and you don't need to see the dirty old man. I was going to say a dirty old bastard, but <laughs> you dirty old bastard. <laughs> you dirty old bastard. But uh, your boy from Some Dog Millionaires on as well, isn't he? Like, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm getting this. I oh. uh, they could have been doing a couple, like maybe one or two characters, because I think it just kind of dilutes the the focus. There's not really a focus. It's more just kind of a slice of life. Uh, the main focus is more about Tom Wilkinson finding his lover, and that's actually kind of it's quite emotionally affecting. And again, it's all the subplots are kind of strengthened by the performances because they're all you know exceptionally good actors. Uh, Judy Dench and Paul Nye's relationship in particular that that kind of draws you in too. But uh, there are some uncomfortable bits about it. I think the first film got a lot of flack. I'm I'm not really even going to talk about the second film because they're they're carbon copies. You know what I mean? That the mm. second film is a complete recreation. Uh, I think it's maybe not as funny and not as engaging. But they add like Richard Gere and David Strathairn to the the sequel, and you know they they kind of elevate a little bit too. What does Richard Gere do in it? Richard Gere is a hotel inspector. Oh, <laughs> but he's a secret hotel inspector looking oh. looking for for secret rodents and stuff. Ah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's some uncomfortable elements of the first one that a lot of people pointed out. And when I first watched, because the only reason I watched it is because it's it seems to be kind of getting a reputation recently as being like you know. I wouldn't say like a, a modern classic or something, but it seems to be a film that you always see like in DVDs and all that a lot of people seem to like. You know, it's one of those very like it's again, it's just one of those watchable films we were talking yeah. about last week. But uh, a lot of people have had complaints about it because it's kind of like semi-racist a lot of the times in its depiction of India. Like Dev Patel from Skins, Dev Patel, that's his name. Dev Patel from Skins and Slumdog Millionaire. He runs the best exotic marigold hotel and. You know what I mean? He's bridging on Apu territory for stereotypes, like you know what I mean. Like I mean, he in the first film it's kind of ramped up to eleven sometimes, and you're kind of uncomfortable watching it because I was thinking this film was made in fucking two thousand eleven. I can't believe that they thought that this character wasn't sort of offensive. especially because he's a British actor. He's a, and he's a British like actor, you see him in Skins, and he's just like a regular person. Song, song that I actually dealt with this recently, and I think it was maybe my favorite comedy of last year's Master and None. There's a whole episode yeah. of Master and None that is literally titled "Indians on TV." Yeah. And it's Aziz Ansari, obviously, who's kind of criticising the how Indians have always been portrayed like a poo or like that fucking guy at a Big Bang Theory, which is a disgrace as well. And that does work very well in kind of going against that stereotype because of all the stereotypes on, on TV, it's the one for me that usually flies on the radar. You always think of like maybe Chinese stereotypes or like you always see Irish stereotypes, but Indian stereotypes is one that kind of goes to the back of your head. And I didn't really realise how long a history of this sort of cliched depiction has been there you know what I mean because there was old clips of fucking TV shows from like the 60s and 70s where it's this you know Indian character and they give the people food and stuff like that and you know they're all run- there's a scene in the best example where I go to hotel where the first thing they eat Indian food they're all run in like the toilets and stuff and first of all it's cheap literal toilet humour second of all it's really offensive concerned that they're basically saying oh Indian food fucking is full of bacteria and oh, it's really spicy and fucks you up but just Dev Patel's character is a bit uncomfortable and I think they definitely toned him down for the sequel yeah. in the sequel he just goes on like a normal person like he should have been depicted <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean well like I was like I haven't seen it and I was about to kind of make a point but then you can't you're saying that there's other references to this mild racism I was going to mm. say what's it does he run a hotel maybe he's just one of those like overly fr- you know Overly I, used to, I used to work in a hotel and everyone's fake as fuck to the customers. Yeah. You just be fake as fuck. See Americans, you're a, I'm from Dublin. 
I go, oh, uh, hoi, hoi, let's go. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, get, you get, like, more money from them, you know? I and that, know. I was thinking, oh, maybe, but obviously that's not I, There's were. not a scene where he's around the back shooting up or <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is actually how they're depicting how he really is. Yeah, or... it's like, I mean, even in scenes where the people you're staying at the hotel are about and he's just talking to his girlfriend, I mean, he's not there, he's just going on, like, a fucking Bollywood character on acid, like, you know what I mean? He's, he's like, a really crude Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The character itself is kind of the heart of the film and they're obviously not doing it to be offensive but I think that that's even kind of scarier. I mean, the fact that they're not doing it to be offensive but that is their opinion of how you, and then people actually are, it just shows like a kind of subconscious racism that they don't even realise, you know what I mean? That this yeah. is how they think that these people go on as opposed to kind of going out of their way to build a stereotype, you know what I mean? But aside from that... Just before you move on from the whole Indian stereotype, do you bring it back to Deadpool? What do you think of the Indian in that? The taxi driver? Uh, that was a funny stereotype too, like, wasn't it? Concerning the fact that he's a fucking taxi driver, which is a major stereotype, an, a stereotype in America of, like, you know, there's a lot of Indian cab drivers and stuff but like that. I mean, that. there is. Yeah. There I is. see, it's, it's, it's times then, it's like, are you being racist or is it just it's a literal just, fact? No, that that, no it's a literal thing, but even just, like, I don't know, was it? Well, like about the, uh, did he say? Maybe I'm getting mixed up. But did he say anything about our range margin and all that shit? Because that's no, 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 no. It was, it was, it was just. No, no, fairness, it probably wasn't. I mean, like there was a lot of Indian cab drivers, and I don't think he just liked the girl, but then she went off with another boy. I just couldn't quite remember if there was anything in there about our range margin because I just felt like that would have been really chucked up. No, I think, I think he just said like, "Oh, that's the girl he intended to marry," but then she fucked up. Nah, he was grand. No, it was just. I know he was. He was cute until he. Kidnaps well, what was <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut that out. Ah, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> Sorry, but there. He was cute. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm not cutting that. <laughs> <laughs> they know the danger. They run the risk of anything they lost this podcast. Did you want to wrap up the Margo Hotel or? No, that's all I'm saying. Like, I mean, there's two really charming films. Um, some good laughs in there. Like I say, in that fucking belly acres and all I get, but. <laughs> did you did you hear Bell End as well? <laughs> <laughs> they're not Bell Ends. I see these old people in that film. They're not Bell Ends. That's why I love it. <laughs> no, no, I, just, I just I just heard Bell and I was like, is he going to say Bell End? <laughs> <laughs> I said Belly. It's okay. I know. No, it was just I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> there was I. To be honest, you just kind of slipped out. <laughs> uh, you've never said belly acre before. I'm, you're pumped. Never said it in my fucking my career. But uh... <laughs> oh, give me some more of this mojito. <laughs> but no, I mean, as I say, nice wee relaxing films that you can just enjoy really. And I think it's just the strength of the performances. I mean, 
we were saying earlier on about like TJ Miller being one of those people who you can just kind of enhance a film and, yeah. and make it better. For me, like Bill Nye and Tom Wilkinson and Judy Dench are, are three of those actors as well. You know what I mean? They can always mix on that's not that great, be good, but this is actually a good film and all in together kind of bitten off each other. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a porno. All fucking acting along with each other. Oh, you're, <laughs> all, you're all, all bitten off each other and then you're all fucking <laughs> acting up. <laughs> 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 no, they're good films, definitely. Awesome. Sunday evening watch. Okay, and we shall move on to. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> I John... thought we were doing like a build up. Jump no, the shark no, no. there. Hey, Chen, okay. you sometimes take over hosting duties. <laughs> I can do it at air. Well, I can't. I keep telling you to stop it, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> do not start topics. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought it was like a full start in a race. I thought you were about to start, and you didn't. No. Right. Okay. I'll give you a moment. Do it. Topics. <laughs> you <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Is your ego being nourished now? Felt like a fucking balloon. Just <laughs> 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 topics, 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 topics. Etc. 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 Um. <laughs> Shall we refill up on mojitos before we get into topics? Yes, I think we should. Maybe we should have done this beforehand, but fuck it. No, that's fair. Yeah, well, actually, no, we've still got the lame and the mint and stuff again. I just, just whacked by the way. Um, also, if anyone's curious of what these mojitos look, look like, I did tweet a picture of it, so <laughs> hit us up at Talk More Movies on Twitter. Oh, you're really going full on now for that Twitter feed, aren't you? It's going to be this week, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll be tweeting the whole next you're week. You're making a conscious effort for once. <laughs> He kept saying to me, you need to use Twitter more, and I was there. We do, we do. Hey, well, I'm doing it. Let's do this one, it's not recorded. <laughs> Let's not fucking let them pick beyond the veil. <laughs> it's fine. What is the topic this week, Michael? Um, I had barely left you. Yeah, right, I'll, I'll work with this, I'll work with this. Um, first topic is Super Bowl. Trailers? No, just, I just wanted to this talk about the Super Bowl. <laughs> Who won? Yeah, the Denver Broncos. Can't, can't believe it. The They're my favorite team. Yeah, it, that, that's I what I'm saying. Who was it? The, the Broncos and the Panthers? Yeah, the Carolina Panthers. See, I, I heard Panthers, so I kind of went for it. They've that's got good names. <laughs> they have, that's what I'm saying. They've got a lot better names than like Wickham Wanderers and stuff like that, like British football teams. But what we were saying before the podcast is that I have absolutely no interest whatsoever in American football. Literally do not understand what's happening. Don't follow the season whatsoever. Yet somehow the stars align and I seem to end up watching the Super Bowl every year without a clue what's going on. You know, some of them games last four hours. Really? Who's got time for that? I thought, are they not timed? <laughs> yeah, they're timed, but there's all fucking timeouts and like it stops. Like, oh, there's yeah, like two yeah. seconds action and then it just stops again. Oh, it's yeah. fucking ridiculous. I like, they, they play for like a minute and then they stop for about half an hour. Fuck, <laughs> I'm to be lucky in a minute. Oh, really? Jesus <laughs> Christ. Like, some instances I play last about seven seconds of even. And then there's about 12 minutes of everyone like conferring with their clipboards on the side <laughs> now and what's going on. I've never watched American football. <laughs> Don't start. Baseball, what? that's my game. Really? That seems super fucking boring. I don't know. Just Yankee cricket, like, really, am I? I well, I don't watch cricket. <laughs> you don't I, like cricket, though? No? There's a song about that. I don't like cricket. <laughs> I love it. There's nothing yeah, that's what it is, though. Really? <laughs> it is. That that's, actually is. That's a stupid song. What <laughs> song about reggae? Um, that song is called? No, yeah, it's just, it used to be on lit in Channel 5 when I was a Wayne, so I would watch baseball. Like five o'clock in the morning or something. I was more an ice hockey sort of guy. But anyway, 
yeah, so Super Bowl trailers, a lot of trailers come out during the Super Bowl. And Shan quoted me a number there. How much was it this year? Five million for 30 seconds every time. <whistles> Some serious dollar bill. What? Serious dollar bill. And that's why most of them are only 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's not even so much that. I think it's just the fact that because competition is so high and there's so much demand that you can only get 30 seconds. No, I'd say if you give them 10 million, they'll give you another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose I. If you're Coca-Cola, that's all I get. Why don't you just pay the pay it all and just get the all, all the all, all, all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> to get, tick off the football? There was a lot more. <laughs> just three hours of Super Bowl ads. And also, you can have trailers in between the fucking action and the games, you know what I mean? Watch they're conferring a club or just fucking whack up a Pepsi yeah. ad or something like that there. Vagisil, whatever you want. Vagisil. Okay. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of trailers. Uh, are we going to talk about all of them? Yeah, I mean, like, we can just kind of discuss the ones that we like, the ones that we didn't like. Uh, okay. Straight away, Turtles 2 trailer. Looks horrific. <laughs> <laughs> Don't watch I, the first one, to be honest, so I can't really comment. See, the 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 first one isn't great, but like, what I liked about it is they they seem to kind of get the interaction between the turtles right, and like they have a bit of banter, and and yet I actually kind of enjoyed the turtles in it, which is supposed to be the best thing. Did you see the first one? I seen the first one. Yeah. And what was that shit? It was all right. It's, it's it's just a bit of a kind of standard action film, but that's what I'm saying. What they seemed to get right was the the turtles and their kind of relationships between the four of them, like and even Master Splinter. Although I didn't like the look of Splinter. How did that do the first one? Did that bomb? I know it was Michael Bay, but did that bomb? No, oh, well he was a producer. He wasn't a the producer, director. right? Okay, but uh, no, I think I think it made money. I, that's why they did a second one so See, quickly. That's what I was wondering because it seems that they tried to reintroduce the turtles, obviously like a nineties favorite. Of all ours, I'm, I'm assuming, and then they were trying to give it the the, the kind of kids of today, and it, it doesn't seem like it really took off. You know what I mean? It does. You don't see the turtles everywhere again. You don't see a new TV show. I've, no, I think I think it made decent money. Well, enough to do a sequel so quickly. Like, I mean, it's only been a couple of years. Like. Yeah, see, I always avoid the first one because I thought it was just going to shit on my childhood. I mean, like it was one of my favorite things as a child, and I just yeah. kind of wanted to keep it nostalgic they, as opposed they, to have a crushed. You they know focus I mean? too much on April Neil. Megan Fox, fucking Megan Fox. Yeah, but they focus too much on her, and the turtles are there as well, kind of. Sure <laughs> but there's, happy. there's, there's, there's some kind of funny bits and stuff. Like I wouldn't say it's bad. Like it's very watchable. Oh. Go. <laughs> if you actually look at it, though, that must have been like a fucking lifeline for Megan Fox's career because her career's petered out so seriously. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? After Transformers, everybody was thinking, "Oh my god, she's gonna be the biggest actress on earth." And then about two days later, everybody realized, "Oh my god, she can't act." <laughs> so it's like she yeah. was kind of limited then. Her fucking rules. She was doing bit parts in this as far as ah, Jesus, that's right. That, that was like that. It wasn't even a cameo. That's how bad it was. It was like, she was just looking for work. You yeah. know what I mean? But. Uh, I know the the second one. They're introducing Bebop and Rocksteady and Krang and stuff. I think they're just they're just fucking everything. Out. And yeah. it, it like the trader focused more on the turtles than April Nate as well. Like there's one shot of Megan Fox and that's it. Like and I think they might have realized from the first one that people want to see the turtles in a turtle <laughs> film. Funnily I enough, I imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> and and so either yeah, they're bringing back they're bringing in the classic villains as well like Krang and Bebop and Rocksteady was Shredder the uh, villain the first one <sighs> he wasn't he wasn't uh, <laughs> it was like a version of Shredder but uh, they, say no more. they have like they have like a new Shredder now or something there's like a new actor cast as Shredder one trailer I really liked from the 30 second spells to Super Bowl because the film I'm really looking forward to is The Jungle Book 
I think that was like the only extended one, was it? Because that was definitely over 30 see, seconds. I see. It, I, it's but full, of course, that's the only Disney one there, so they can afford whatever the fuck Well, no, like. Captain America's one. Oh, fuck, I. <laughs> but, uh, no, well, you see, that was a full two and a half minute trailer, but I don't know if that was actually shown fully at the Super Bowl because it, it comes up the Super Bowl trailer, but I don't know if they showed like a bit of that well, during I, the actual game. And then I know, I like it. Oh, no. The, I, that's my favorite one, and it, it made me so excited to see the Jungle Book because the the thing I, w- I, I thought it looked good from the first trailer, mm. but you didn't hear anybody's voices, yeah. and they they showed they showed like a uh, like a teaser trailer thing for it at D twenty three, like Disney's convention. Yeah, but obviously that wasn't released. But I heard people talking about it, and you heard like Christopher Walken as King Louis and Idris Elba as Shere Khan and stuff. And I really wanted to hear how those voices paired with the characters. I'm so happy you basically seen everybody in yeah. this trailer now, and they all look amazing. <laughs> well, that's even just watching that trailer and actually hearing the voices, even though I thought it was a good idea anyway, I think it might be the best example of voice casting I've ever seen because every single actor is perfect. Mm. Christopher Walken is King Lee. Bill Murray is Baloo. Some casting director deserves a pat in the fucking back. No, because I, I, was, I was actually a bit worried about that because I, I wasn't really sure how you... Because like, Bill Murray kind of is kind of dulcet kind of tones. <laughs> like, I don't really know how that would have worked with Baloo. But Baloo is supposed to be relaxed. I know, I know, sorta... but... But he, even in the trailer where he gets a bit emotional, I was like, if anything happens to that kid, <laughs> he, <laughs> he, I think it really works because then you see him have the big bout with Shere Khan. And then, like, I think the the voice works even kind of more of a kind of actiony bit of yeah. it as well. Like. No, I totally agree. Uh, one of the trailers that I wasn't really fussed on, I'm also just to go back to Jungle Book because we were just talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think one of the main reasons I want to see it anyway is because it was one of my hands down favorite films as a child yeah so it's just a kind of nostalgia thing for it's, me too it's an amazing thing as well because everything in in that film is cj apart from the kid it's crazy <laughs> it looks it's like incredible. it's all just green screen like and fair fox the kid do like if he's half decent in this film it's brilliant like because yeah. he's just acting do nothing like nothing. it's amazing they must have got that reverend bear man on him <laughs> that's, on. that's fucking blue's cousin just <laughs> 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 but uh one of the trailers I didn't it's it's not I didn't like it, but it was just kinda unremarkable because I think there is a formula now of how to present any sort of action film or thriller and they just all seem interchangeable, but it was for the newborn movie. Also Yeah, I was I was so surprised by that because mm. Born has its own distinct kind of style. Gone and, and run. And just this was standard action film thing. And he, yeah. even the words come as like, you know his name. Uh, it's like, even like, I mean, I, should we, when we were all watching the trailer there about fucking 10, well, before we started the, the podcast, even that opening line, we all started laughing out loud because yeah. we're so naff. My God, it's Jason Bourne. I, I mean, like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> he comes up and says, it's Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> Like honestly, somebody needs to like get up. Like in someone's wee sniper scope. <laughs> <laughs> Take him out. Done. <laughs> somebody needs to do up on a fucking ADR there. Like I swear so to Christ, like dialogue replacement. The fucker to that because that was an awful delivery. So fucking bad. Like I'm... yours is better. At there. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm hoping that's just. The the trailer machine just kind of cut it up that way, and the film actually isn't the that. Trailer ca- machine. The trailer machine, I love it. AKA Edlers, Michael. <laughs> no, but like you have trailer houses that all they yeah, do is yeah, just right, cut yeah. trailers for films. Like it, it has nothing to do with the people actually making the film. Like, and that's a uh, fun fact as well. If so you notice, Cameron lo- Diaz does in the holiday. I just wanted to chuck that on there. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know that's 
why you, you might get like in a certain section of like the summer or whatever a lot of traders use the same music just because that music was popular when they were cutting the trailer yeah. and stuff like that but uh i know i'm hoping it's just it's just a trailer and the film isn't actually uh, like that because it's it's we call him the director greengrass paul greengrass paul greengrass and like i don't think he would go that way no, with, definitely I, you know because that's not his in any way his styling well he but but in saying that as well, even the action bits you can't see, like the car crash, it looks kind of really glossy and really. That's that's what I'm. It looks a bit. That's what I'm kind of weird. weird about. I, mean, I think we with Greengrass, he would never ever kind of lower his artistic merit for a studio because obviously he made the whole Born trilogy and he didn't before. So why would he know you when he's probably got more control? Well, he didn't do the first one. That's right. He didn't. It was Doug Lehman. Doug Lehman. Doug Lehman done the first one. So well, the, the other two. He done the what Ultimatum and Supremacy. Then. Yeah. Yeah. So he done ultimatum and supremacy, and obviously kind of revitalized the style. And he he kind of I wouldn't say created it, but he kind of brought it back into the the, the what's the word I'm looking for the mainstream. He kind of brought it back into the mainstream. We um, it's a style of filmmaking called Gun and Run. So what it is is beforehand we've all we've discussed this to death in the podcast, but how obviously the Bourne series was a complete and utter change up from the Bond series. It was like taking all the conventions of Bond these spire thrillers and I completely turned it and said whereas Bond does very glossy and it's got the one liners and all that well it was and now obviously the aye they've aye, they, aye, exactly, from they, Bourne aye, it's kind of strange that the Bourne series completely revitalised the sort of thriller genre and kind of revitalised Bond in a way because then Bond took notice and thought fuck we have to modernise hence why there's the, you know, the skyfalls and the spectres and stuff now but what's crazy is that Greengrass done this gun and run thing where as opposed to it being glossy it was all handheld it was all like essentially three second editing like Greengrass said himself that any shot during the kind of action sequences was more than three seconds then it wasn't good enough because it had to be just this kind of collision of images crashing against each other and it kind of gives you this feeling of Bourne being on the run and this confusion that he's got because he doesn't know who the fuck he is even though now he does I know my name <laughs> but uh, but you don't know the world <laughs> <laughs> the world's a blur <laughs> right, that's what, what did it. I think they said uh, the world's a bore the world's a bore what the fuck who wrote this <laughs> <laughs> it seems really exciting if you're bored that ass fuck off <laughs> <laughs> Especially for Jason Bourne. If the world's a Bourne, you're Jason Bourne, you're fucking not doing your job right. Like, hey, he's seen some shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't mind in it. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, mean, I don't know. It's kind of worrying. From the trailer, I didn't really get that gun and run aesthetic. Yeah. It does seem a lot, it seems like you said, more standard action film. But I doubt very much that's the case. Hopefully, it's the trailer laying this. And that's that. At the same time, I've I've always liked Bourne, but I've never liked it as much as other people. People say, "Oh, fuck, it's incredible." Some of my always. <laughs> you think? I thought you said Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. Bourne. <laughs> but uh, I'm just kind of looking forward to it. It is sort of a feel for Jeremy Renner, put it that way, because yeah. they tried so desperately to recreate it without uh, Matt Damon, and it just fell fucking flat in its face. Jeremy Renner's fine. He, he's in the Avengers. That, he's that, a mission boss. He's, he's fine. He's comfortable. He's comfortable. <laughs> but even in the Avengers, he's the one that nobody wants. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's Hawkeye. No, because like, I, I thought about this before, because like, obviously coming off Hurt Locker, like, Jeremy Renner was like the new kind of big star and all this here, and he, he got into the Avengers, he got into, like, in Mission Impossible, he was supposed to, like, take over from Tom Cruise, and obviously in in the Bourne Legacy, he was supposed to be the new guy, like, but now he's, he's like, he's the guy, he's the guy, man, but, uh, I so now, obviously, 
uh, Matt Damon came back, and then Tom Cruise uh, stuck on the Mission Impossible. And in the Avengers, he was like he, in the first one, he was like a zombie for half of it. So yeah. But the the way he he was handled then in the second Avengers and the next Mission Impossible film he did, he he is the, he's a firmly a side character, but he's a really funny side character that he just he he has the same kind of same attitude in both of them that he just has these kind of wee funny lines and he's kind of just fed up with being there somewhere. I, I do like it about Jim. I think it's just more down to Jim Renner's acting still too, and the general sort of charisma that he has. That yeah. he can play that up because I think that anybody else, and I know now we're talking about Avengers, and we're not actually talking about like uh, Born. Well, in all fairness, we're not even talking about his Born film. But I think <laughs> because we went off such a fucking tangent, but we'll bring uh, it back around to work. Uh, well, we always do. We always find a way. But I think if anybody else would have been given that Hawkeye character, they would have been just a very disposable, forgettable character. I think Jeremy Renner kind of elevated it as much as he possibly can and made it a wee bit more memorable. I but in in the in the second ones, you know that he was way more funner. Like even in uh, 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 Age of Ultron, like he has a wee line just by himself. He's like, "I could kill him, no one would know." They <laughs> 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 just has these wee kind of lines to himself. Like, he has these wee moments to himself. That was that's... more too that they, they wanted to give him maybe some more to do. They kind of realized they know the kind of bulk of the actor, and every, it almost kind of became like a a bit of a common joke that there's the Avengers and then there's Hawkeye, and like Hawkeye doesn't really have much to do. So I think they were just trying to maybe flesh him out a wee bit. But obviously he is also in Captain America Civil War. Oh! Told you to bring it back nice right? <laughs> Well played. But yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed their 30-second spot. Obviously it's just kind of a bunch of images, but actually... As opposed to what trailer? <laughs> oh, but you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're not really, like... Bigging up like they're not really showing you more of like the narrative or anything. It's just uh, it's, they're, they're not bigging up the Civil War storyline. It's just like kind of action, action. But well, uh, you you did get to see the two teams, which I thought was cool, uh, right at the very end. And the yeah. whole the music throughout the whole thing was just like divided we fall, divided we fall, <laughs> yeah. divided we fall. Like yeah. the whole the whole thirty seconds. Know, you're really ramming this home here. <laughs> I, I feel like you're trying to tell me something. <laughs> we get it. I think they're gonna fight each other. I don't know. I but the bet as well where like Tony Stark just takes a bullet in the face or something. That no, he takes it in the face. I know, but that's that's what so I'm saying. But like it's just it it whacks on as we as we iron glove. as we iron glove. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we drive glove. As we iron glove. As we iron glove and then just fucking picks a bullet in the hand. Like he's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hang on at the back of carriage, we iron glove. <laughs> no, but you know what? It's something that kinda of annoyed me about like Iron Man Three and Iron Man Two. I think they're taking that too far. You know the way a whole major plot point Iron Man Three is that He's got the decoy Iron Man that can just kind of come and help him so and get there. And he's got like the basically they're just robots who can kind of bail him out when he's Aye, doing he's, shit. he's up to like Mark fifty two years old. Yeah, something like that. But that wee fucking glove part. I mean, it's 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 a cool idea and stuff, but it's about too gimmicky. You know what I mean? I think but, they're just doing it too much now that it's kind of lost its appeal. But if he if you just think of the character, like Tony Stark is constantly just tinkering and coming up with things. You know, like yeah. he just has the, like what is no, it, what no, is no, it, what no, is no, he going to do? Think, other no, with, you know uh, no, I'm not saying that. I think within that world, it's definitely believable. But I just think they're using that as a wee gimmick yeah, clause too much now. It's like fucking like we says about Lord of the Rings. Like anytime Gandalf says some deep shit, he just gets the eagles out or he resurrects. Yeah, it's like they're kind of use it's a, a get out of jail free card. Aye, basically. Well, Stark can't die, man. I don't or will he? Oh. No, I won't. 
What other ones was it? There was uh, Independence Day Resurgence. Uh, the only thing I have to say about that, and again, it's a shout out to the casting directors. I think they busted their balls to find a young actor who looks as much like Will Smith as possible. Because I know it's supposed to be his son on the in Independence Day too. I, I, the kid from the first one is supposed to be him, but, but it's, th- that's not actually his kid in the first one. Not. It's like his, like he's just going out with his man. Yeah, it's all like it. But I think that there's. It's like the elephant in the room for Independence Day too. That yeah. there's this big gaping hole that Will Smith's not on it. And don't get me wrong, I love Jeff Goldblum, but Jeff Goldblum can open a film. Like, you know what I mean, it's like they, they're missing that. And as well, I mean, but like, I should really give a fuck about the. Fact. I, I didn't really like the first Independence Day, so I'm not really excited about the second one. But the thing with the first one that Will Smith wasn't Will Smith when he did Independence Day. Like he, like he was just kind of coming off fresh, but it's not like he wasn't a star yet. So it felt like, even though he was one of the leads, along with Jeff Goldblum. Oh, it that was like, that was like a huge vehicle for him, like at the time. Like. I know, I know, air, but it felt like anybody could die. Like if he died in that air, it's not like a big, it's a big shock. Like yeah. oh my god, they killed Wilson. But if you had him in this one, you know, definitely like nothing really would happen to him. And if you just feel like like Liam's Hem- Liam Hemsworth is fucking expendable. Like you know what I mean, is he, he was, in there? Hey, he's in there. I didn't even notice him. Randy Quaid must be getting got. I'm surprised that Randy Quaid's letting work. Have you read about Randy Quaid's fucking personal life? No. He's been on the run from the American government for fucking ages, so what? they must have shot his scenes out of the country or something. I, I, know he, how. I think he's on there. I know he sure. definitely is. He's oh, on the trailer, yeah. but I have no idea how he's been able to... They must have filmed the scenes outside of the country. Why? What's he doing? Ah, he's just a what mad bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to go on there, but we here all night. But, uh, no, talking about uh, the Independence Day, though, I was we seen the, the, the first trailer when we went to see Deadpool tonight, and uh, it's... It just the first chair got to me when it has the voiceover of Bill Pullman. Is it Bill Pullman? Or? Aye, aye, not the other one. <laughs> Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Casper's dad, basically. <laughs> but it, it has his speech from the first one. Like this is our Independence Day. And all that. Like, Go on, Bill. It's like it's a very rousing speech. It gets me, and I just I. I like the way, like, because it's all kind of crackly in the first trailer, and it it really built up that first trailer for me. I actually really like the first trailer, but I, I think the. The actual film's going to be. Be very surprised if oh, I'm surprised they didn't get. But obviously, like, Bill Pullman's the president in the first one, so he's obviously not going to be president anymore. But I'd be very surprised if he wasn't in it whatsoever. No, he is, isn't he? Is he in like? Hey, he's he's in the first trailer. He has a big beard on. That's what I was going to say. He looks fucking awful. He's, he's old as fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's what age does he? <laughs> that's what age does he? That's how time works. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I liked in in their spot though where they kind of try to tie it into the Super Bowl like they have it they have it starting off at like a football match or something yeah and you see like the the planes going over and then just fucking aliens <laughs> coming out it, it was like fucking space invaders <laughs> <laughs> <It was> hilarious <laughs> like <laughs> well I love the name space invaders on that mm, there you go there you go <laughs> maybe that's they were going for <laughs> um what other ones about we had ten Cloverfield Lane that looks interesting. I mean, just the, the fact that Cloverfield is getting a trailer and it's completely flew under the radar. I find I, the fact that they had a trailer for the Super Bowl. Like. Yeah. But I mean, like, everybody forgets, like, for me, Cloverfield is like, it's like a forgotten blockbuster because remember when Cloverfield came out, well, like, 2007? When know. Cloverfield first came out, it was huge. Everybody was talking about it. Aye, everybody was talking about it. Everybody was talking about it. And it was like, you know, it was uh, really, it wasn't say ambitious, but it was completely different than any other blockbuster because it was handheld. It was kind of found footage. And it's really easy, a found footage blockbuster. Blockbuster, yeah. You know what I mean? And like, there's a couple of really iconic scenes with the fucking Statue of Liberty's head being fucked up a street and stuff like that there. But it's like, I don't know, it just kind of, the whole, the whole hype just kind of died down then. I think it's yeah. more the fact that it was maybe... 
its own worst enemy and the fact that it used that phone footage aesthetic and the fact that it doesn't really build up its characters it was more just kind of about their reaction to the moment you know I mean it doesn't really build characters it yeah. was just them on the run and it was like this fucking old camcorder that was found that how do you move on with that then like fair enough you don't have to use the same characters but are you going to use the phone footage thing again because is that going to make a lot of sense well they're obviously not <laughs> not some saying, but I, I kind of respect that well, they, they, they haven't, like, J- I think J.J. Abrams said it's not, like, a full sequel. It's, like, a blood relative to the first yeah. one. It's, like, a cousin. S- a spiritual successor, they would mm-hmm. say. But, uh, I know, the surprising thing about that film is that it's, like, it's coming out in March. Like, oh. they like they just dropped the trailer, the first trailer of it, and it's, like, ah, it's coming out in a couple of months. <laughs> like, they kept, like, super quiet. Luckily, J.J. could uh, keep everybody distracted by Star Wars, that he could just work on this in the Star background. Wars, that was obviously a smaller film. <laughs> <laughs> His main attention was going on Disney. Obviously. But that's, that's why Star Wars shy, man. <laughs> we keep bringing it up as well, but it's just another one of those actors that kind of makes anything more watchable or more worth seeing. Is John Goodman. I fucking love John Goodman. Johnny Goodman. What's weird is that when you see the clips in the trailer, when he's got, I don't quite know what he's doing, it seems like he's kind of keeping people captive in a basement because he's always believed that the monster or whatever will come back. But it reminded me completely of, uh, you were saying, you said Room, but it reminded me strangely of, Jesus, what do you call it, the Kevin Smith film, Red, Red Stitt? Oh yeah, I know. he's he, in that. He's <laughs> in Red Stitt, but he's not the character that actually keeps people captive. He's the, he's the policeman who kind of comes to try and save him and stuff like that. But I don't know, it's just even how he was dressed and stuff, it kind of brought it back to me. But, that that's a completely irrelevant point as well. I just chucked <laughs> it on there, but I don't know. It looks interesting. I think because nobody really knows anything about it, but it's still connected to Cloverfield, which was a very well received film and a film yeah. that I really liked. It's definitely one I'm interested in seeing. Aye, but like that's what they did with Cloverfield as well. Like nobody really knew much about mm-hmm. it. There was just as like a monster movie kind of thing. And I like the fact, even aesthetically, because it's obviously not a found footage and it's obviously completely different characters. But I th- there's something very appealing about the fact that it's going to be completely different. Yeah. But it's still just, the, the only real relation is that it's set in that world, you know what I mean? It'd be interesting if they kind of link it back to the first film in some way. I think they definitely will. Like, I mean, fuck, it's on the title, so they're going to have to... I know. They're going to have to link it, or even if they mentioned, you know, about the attack on New York a few years back or whatever, but I think even if they didn't, you would still kind of fucking get the list. But no, it does seem interesting. More for the fact that nobody had a fucking clue about it. I think the the last one, well, apart from Deb, there was a Deadpool one. But we've already talked about that yeah. But uh, there is X-Men Apocalypse as well. They had a wee 30-second spot. I'm excited about that. I think that that's one of the best current franchises there is. I loved First Class. I actually loved Days of Future Past even more because I thought that it was just such a... First of all, it was so smart. They just retcon all the bad shit that happened yeah. in X-Men 3. <laughs> but then it was just so well done how they combined both timelines and still made it kind of... You understood exactly what was going on like 10 minutes in, even though it was quite hard. It would have looked harder on paper to explain it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they're up and running with that now, so they can kind of do what they want, and they can kind of combine the best elements of the Singer films, X-Men and X-Men 2, and then like the, the new franchise that's kind of currently going on. I don't know. The, the Singer like, old and new. <laughs> ah, was, that's right, that <laughs> Singer now again. I completely forgot he's back at the hell, mate. <laughs> but uh, it's... Uh, Apocalypse for me... Is always like the biggest threat. I, I love to it on the Sentinels in the last one because I've always found found them kind of fucking scary. Just that sort of Terminator esque, fistless, yeah. killing machines. Uh, well, just you know, done in Marvel sort of style. But Apocalypse is super scary. Like the man can fucking near enough just destroy planets at the click of his fingers. Like, and the fact that he's 
fucking huge. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. You got that. I mean, like it's the first time you really got that in the trailer. Where I think it's, I think it's Xavier. He's holding down to the ground. I somebody like, anyway. I like he goes to punch him and then Apocalypse like grabs his fist and then just starts growing, growing and then just pushes him down. What I thought was funny in the in the trailer to the Super Bowl spot is uh, I think I'm pretty sure the line is like. Apocalypse, he means to end the world. He's like, his name's Apocalypse. <laughs> what do you think is he going to do? <laughs> but what what I actually really liked about that spot is it just, it showed you all the younger characters of the characters you already know. Like, you've seen young Jean Grey, you've seen young Cyclops, yep. you've seen young Storm, and I think they all look really cool. Yeah. I think it's some that they have done unbelievably well as well in... Uh the first class era of X-Men, first class days of future past, is how they've introduced the younger characters, especially the younger characters who had before been played by, you know, bigger actors who were iconic in their own right. Mm. But they've made them really appealing. And they've, like, fair enough, it, it wasn't a character that was established in the original X-Men's, uh, X-Men 1 and 2, but Quicksilver completely stole the show in the last film of days of future past. Yeah. And it is basically a cameo. I love in the trailer as well. All this mad shit's going on. And you just see Quicksilver run like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> He's obviously just going metal. I would love if he just had a subplot of him just running about. <laughs> completely unconnected to the fucking main, the main threat. But it looks good. I'm really excited about it. I think it's, it's my, my whistle has been wetted oh. by the, by the past two films. I think they've done a really good job. And as well with Singer, he knows X-Men inside out. And it seems like a massive passion project for him. Like so, I think it's weird because like people were complaining about the way Apocalypse looked. Well, no, he looks exactly the same in the comics. I know, but like I think it was like some images came out first, like from Entertainment Weekly, and people are saying they look they look more purple and look like Ivan Ooze. <laughs> <laughs> but the greatest villain of all time is a great comparison. <laughs> but but the thing is, like when, before Days of Future Past came out, like Quicksilver was on like they did a big cover on Empire, like we all like individual mutants on it, and Quicksilver had his cover. And people were saying he looked really stupid, and it like everybody was slagging off air. And even before Avengers came out, like oh, their Quicksilver is going to be far better, even though it was complete opposite when the films actually came out. Yeah. And Quicksilver stole that film Quick for thing. the short bit that he was in it, like. And I just think people are too quick to judge when they just see an image of something. It's like, wait do you actually see it in the context mm. of the film, and yeah. it'll probably be pretty sweet. Which are our first podcast, the first episode we ever done was completely based around us taking the complete count of the image of the Joker. What's crazy is that that's nearly a year ago and that film is still not out yet, but we've been talking about that since. Yeah. But when you, when you think about it, it just shows how, in modern day, how a film's advertised, how early that process starts. I mean, like those images were released, I think, last April, and that film, this only images of a character, that film wasn't due to be released for like another 13 months or so. Like Suicide Squad is not in May, is it? But do they... No, it's later now. Literally, yeah. Batman vs Superman's March, and then I think Suicide Squad is like the second half. Of it's, it's actually it just kind of happened there now. Just the fact that we still haven't seen that film, but we've got this image in our head, and I think it maybe plays on the downfall of some films as well because the advertising process is so much longer now, and like you can see images of a film that's not due to be released for like another year and a half. If you don't like an image then that kind of sets in your head straight away. Now, if you've seen an image that you didn't like, but then the film came out a month later, that will hopefully eradicate the image that you had. But if you've got an image dwelling in your head, or an opinion dwelling in your head, based on the imagery or like the kind of promotional materials for like a year and a half, it's going to be hard to shake that opinion, and it might actually put you off going to see the film in general. You know what I mean? Me, like, I, I would just be curious as, like, there has to be an ulterior reason why they're putting this stuff out so early. Is mm -hmm. it kind of like, almost like a focus group 
it's like a of lotion. like the actual population that put yeah. it out and then see what people think and then be like right we should take this into consideration yeah, yeah. when it's that far advanced they still have time to make changes yeah. like yeah so that's i mean like that's what we were saying before as well like heron's obviously a big proponent of this and he's, he's talked about it a lot of times but they always say these images you know sometimes are are leaked and stuff but you know that, that that doesn't wash on me at all you know it's obvious like you're saying that it's almost like a sort of subtle focus group they see if they're doing their jobs right or they see if there's anything that they can improve in yeah. some way i sure even look at deadpool like when that deadpool test footage was leaked it wasn't like it was fox putting it out to see how people responded mm-hmm. and everybody fucking loved it and then oh a few weeks later deadpool's greenlit you know yeah <laughs> exactly and another thing too just sorry excuse me going back to apocalypse another reason i'm really looking forward to it is just oscar isaac oscar isaac just seems to be amazing and everything these days and it seems like the, the perfect sort of fit for apocalypse when i first heard about it as much i like oscar isaac i was unsure because i just didn't really know who could play apocalypse because he's just such a ridiculously massive villain and he doesn't he's got like a kind of un or sorry, inhuman face but it seems good and as well i mean like obviously we we watched drive last night together and you seen him in ex machina and you just seen how ridiculously villainous or, or kind of unnerving oscar isaac can be yeah just through his voice alone he's got a very even intimidating voice you know what I mean? Even well, and obviously when added with the stature of this fucking CGA, the fact that he can be fucking the size of, you know what I mean, two buildings is, it, I think it's gonna be good. Awesome. Okay, we shall move on to our next topic, which is from a listener. <gasps> Harry Campion got in touch with us on Facebook. Ooh. Let's talk more movies podcast. <laughs> and she wrote, "Lads, everybody calls us lads. We're not lads. Mm-hmm. We're people." don't objectify us (laughs) lads I watched Seven the other day on the TV and talking to Paddy Paddy Door appeared last Wednesday at the time and I'm convinced I seen a version where you see what's in the box (laughs) I knew you were going to do it (laughs) you're putt talking man you're putt talking brackets I won't spoil it just in case someone somewhere hasn't seen it close brackets so now I don't know if there's a director's cut or it was directed and produced so well that I have imagined seeing that image. Can you guys think of any films where you were convinced something happened, but only from watching it again you realize it's a complete figment of your imagination? Right. First and foremost, we did reply on the Facebook group, but there is no director's cut of Seven where you do see what's in the box. There's, do you there's not none. see it? You don't see it. I've no. imagined that then. I see. I had the very same experience, but then I was thinking about this. I think from, I, from my memory, you see a trickle of blood and maybe a bit of blonde hair, but you don't actually see, you can maybe tell what's on there, but you don't see a fucking head, like. All right, spoilers. Spoilers, <laughs> spoilers for seven. No, but uh, <laughs> also spoilers for series three of Prison Break. <laughs> but uh, no, Pr- Prison Break basically rips off seven and uh, Link gets delivered this box, which is. What's the bag? What's the bag? Supposed to have. Uh, why do you call his, uh, his girlfriend Tancredi or something? Sarah Tancredi. Is it Tancredi? Why do I remember it? I don't I, even like the person <laughs> anymore. It's so 2006. But uh, <laughs> her, basically her head was in the box. So and I And I think that image of her head being in the box has replaced the image of it in Seven because I just combined the two. <laughs> so maybe that's <laughs> oh, yeah, what I'm yeah, thinking yeah, of. But yeah, I yeah. haven't even seen that though. Oh, I don't know. Yours weird then. <laughs> Yours like, I just have a... Uh, Active imagination, probably. You're a creative person. Yeah, you're an artiste. Yes. You think outside the box? Yeah, you like it? Well, she was thinking inside the box. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was on the box. 
You just see POV shots. <laughs> just, 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 just Brad Pitt balling his eyes. What do you call I can't remember the name of the film. Right. Also can't remember the name of the actress. She's in recently, most recently, Still Alice. Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore. And she's in uh, a film. It's like an alien film where they like try and erase the memory of having children. Fuck no, I've never seen Children it. of Men. Oh, Children of Men, yeah. Isn't that just children? No, 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 it's definitely not called that. Children of Men? It's like there's actual aliens. Oh, right. Like no, okay. abducted. Evolution? <laughs> <laughs> so whatever. Oh, fuck's it called? Evolution's underrated. I like, I like evolution. It's I a forgotten it's, one as well. I think it's just because I, I like uh, Julianne Moore and David Duchovny so much. <laughs> yeah, and even as well as there's a supporting character in that. It's uh, I think it's Orlando Jones, David Duchovny's pal. He's fucking hilarious. I don't know why yeah. he never done bigger things because he's really good in that film. I think it's Orlando Jones anyway. I don't know. It sounds like a made up name. <laughs> 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 I really hope it's Orlando Jones because <laughs> that's a fucking incredible name. I'm oh, honest. actually. Talking about names of wrong people or wrong names for people. Uh, last week, Dan made a big thing about trying to pronounce the guy's name from Hyena properly. It was like Fernando Dino or something mm. like that. And he got his first name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> What's his first name? Mark or something? No, he, he said Bernard Fernando Dino or whatever his last name is. But it's Peter. <laughs> <laughs> because I was just looking up just to make the notes for the podcast. And then I seen it was Peter. And I was actually listening to that thing. And he was like, uh, Bernard Fernandez. <laughs> I was like, got that wrong, Dad. Uh, just going back to the, the actual question that uh, Harry asked us in our post about uh, films that kind of make you think like you've seen some through good direction or through good production. I think that the most famous example of that is probably the most, probably the most famous scene ever in film is the Psycho Shower scene. Now, in that film, uh, at the time, obviously, there was no nudity in films because, like, the Hayes Code. The Hayes Code was kind of dying out then. That's a written code, by the way, that was, like, very dated and sort of archaic and didn't allow for, you know, bad people to triumph at the end and, you know, didn't allow for nudity or any sort of violence. But then the, the counterculture kind of turned that in its head, but that's that's besides the point. Uh, in that film, there was, like, a kind of really big controversy at the time and a lot of people were convinced that when Janet Lee is getting stabbed in the shower, spoilers for Psycho, but uh, when Janet Lee is getting stabbed in the shower, they were convinced that you could see her nude because she she's having a shower, she's nude. But that's not the case. It was just that that scene is an absolute masterclass of editing. So obviously, shout out to fucking Alfred Hitchcock and then shout out to his editor as well. But it's because it's so quickly edited. And it was like we were talking about earlier on about like Gone and Run and Born films that it's like this mash of images and it creates this sort of frantic visual style that you don't quite know what's going on. But because the cuts in that scene are so quickly and you see a hand go up and you see a knife come down and you see blood and the fucking water going down the drain pipe and you see parts of like Janet Leigh's flesh, but I think it's only like her midriff, like around her stomach and her abdomen. It is that quick that I've kind of, I had a study at one time for a, an essay I was writing, but... Oh. Yeah, no, no, it actually was. It actually is that he started at ten minutes at a time. <laughs> but you are convinced at one point that you do see her breasts and stuff like that. Now, that is more down the Hitchcock knowing that he couldn't actually show this, or you know, kind of tell it the audience. Pardon the pun, but they couldn't like tell it the audience with this tits. Uh, with tits, exactly. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure if that was his main aim, but even through that Edlin. Obviously, the main aim was to create this sort of frantic fear of what the fuck's going on. Why is somebody busted into the showroom and stabbing this fucking innocent woman for no reason? But then, because it's so frantic too, you start imagining seeing things that you didn't actually see. Much like what Harry was saying with the end of, of Seven. She thought she'd seen you know, the head in the box or what's in the box. What's but, in the box? 
It's quite interesting that images can do that. The I always find it interesting as well, and we've all found that there now, just discussing seven. Like you both thought as well, like you seen the head in the box. I think it's interesting that if you watch a film and then it lingers, and maybe your subconscious or it just lingers in your memory for so long, that you start to remember it differently. And I think it's the same with music too, but maybe not so much in music. Definitely with film, I've noticed this. That even films that I love, and if I haven't watched a film, maybe in five or six years, but it's always been in my mind, and I've always had this train of thought in my mind of how that film flows and certain things that happen it's crazy watching back the films and they're completely different in how you remember them certain scenes that you love and stuff or certain uh how actors delivered a certain line and even the dialogue isn't the same as what you remember yeah. but i think that's that's more down to just sort of memory in general and you know how you remember certain things especially the stuff you like it's definitely about how yeah it's good direction good editing but as you say like remembering but your brain works so impressively like say that's probably why that the gun and run kind of works yeah. or like basically your brain fills in blanks yeah it it just it's always assuming like any like visual stimuli that you're getting really it's not your brain is just focusing on the most important yeah. part like that's why you can read words and not notice the letters are all jumbled up because your brain's just working so quickly per, like presuming what's going to happen yeah. so your brain's always kind of trying to be a few steps ahead of itself so yeah i don't know i don't know about music but definitely visual like it must work with film because it's how w we interpret what we see visually so precisely that's exactly it. crazy. it's, it's kind of strange i'm not quite sure if it's more down to how you how you just remember in a film but at the same time she's only watched it recently again so it's kind of fresh in her memory but i think that is definitely the case that you can watch a film and just think that you've seen someone, especially if that thought is given time, because then that just adds the confirmant in your head. If you haven't went and rewatched that film again, because I'm assuming it's been a couple of years since you've seen Seven, then you're always going to believe that that is the case. Well, no, I I was I was trying to think of something to kind of give an example of what Harry was asking about, and the only things I could really think of is just sexy bits in films. Oh. From when I was a kid. Ah, but this is just your smutty fucking prepubescent mind, isn't it? I no, he's falling on the blanks. Oh, he's uh -huh. <laughs> filled in some blanks. Um, shitting blanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been confirmed yet. <laughs> um, hope it's true. <laughs> we don't need another Michael Brasson. <laughs> um, no, it's like wh when you're a kid and you see something, some. So, like okay, the first example that came to my head was Halle Berry in the Flintstones movie, right? Is, is she it, in the Flintstones movie? Yes, she yeah. is. She is Fred's uh, secretary. Yeah, okay. I remember. Yeah. And there, there's, there's a scene where she essentially comes on to Fred. Also, just before we go on this, I said it around that John Goodman makes everything better. Scratch the Flintstones from that thing. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there's a scene where she like comes on the Fred Flintstone. And <laughs> what a line! Such a like a weird way to put it. She does picture like being the director and Halle Berry coming up to you before that scene. Like, what? What? What's my aim here? What's my goal? What's my motivation? You're about to come on to Fred Flintstone, like you know what I mean? You want to get his? You want to make He's his got bedrock? A big <laughs> I was going to say rocks off, but then I thought, no, bedrocks. Better. That's better. Um, I know there's a scene where she she's coming on, and that just in like I seen that film when I was a child, and I obviously I was. Aroused by that scene, she's a good-looking woman. She's a good-looking woman. Uh, but then I I seen it like years later. And then I was like watching it and I was thinking, oh, I am mind this bit being like really hot or whatever. 
Yeah. But then you see it as like a like a ten not even ten second thing. Like she just like grabs his tie and like pulls him closer to her or like air and then that's it. And it's like I couldn't masturbate to that. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's more down as well. They not only memory I'm getting very deep here, but it's not only memory, but it's the age your memory was at at that time. That that I made alone... my own, I made my own story after. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I never want to watch on the She wasn't pulling again. on a tie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but have a do you like? But this this is why I never want to watch Under Siege again. I have a memory of the first breasts that I ever seen in that film. I don't, don't want. Why I don't did know. you do I... this? Like they were way out here. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just pronunciating. But. Uh, the first breast I ever seen. I do not want to soil those breasts in my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a fucking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> I choose to love my life along me. <laughs> Where did it go wrong for me? <laughs> you're best oh. man for folks like. Fuck it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, did you have an example as well, Kiva? I well, mine's just kind of like. Like most of my examples are, they're not really exactly what we're talking about. Hey, what film were you on about? Right, there? so I was looking for it, and I had I was scrolling way down through IMDb, and I actually thought I just made up the fucking film, which, I, which would have been relevant to the topic. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, made up entire <laughs> film. <laughs> no, you know the aliens. <laughs> no, <laughs> ah, it's about like the people can have wings all. <laughs> <laughs> so it's called The Forgotten. Ironically, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I watched it about four times, me and my friend Nikki, over the course of one weekend. We just had nothing else to watch. We just watched it like four times. And uh, why? I don't know. We Actually, and Nikki's knocked up them. Uh, that's it. Like, <laughs> but it's not even like, it's quite like tense. So it's like aliens, but whatever, right? Anyway, so they're trying to like make mothers. They're trying to like undo the thread of like maternal instinct. Right. That's like the last thing in like humanity. Apparently they can't understand or something like why is what where does this bond yeah. come from right but there's a part and the aliens are kind of like personified as you you know they're they t- take human form there's a part at the end me and nikki love this probably why we watched it four times because they're like you must forget <laughs> like come on everyone's all crazy <laughs> and all everybody's all shaking up. so like we used just like, screaming at each other and all and her daddy used to go mad but we were like, you know, like, say you're up drinking up the walls, and we were like, oh, do you see that film? No one had seen it. I know where we got this DVD. From. It had French subtitles on it anyway, right? <laughs> so I don't know where we got it from. But, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but I don't know where, we, I don't know where we got it from. We were like, I didn't buy like DVDs from like, I can't remember <laughs> going to France. <laughs> I wasn't there. You must forget <laughs> your French stuff. <laughs> But so someone had said they'd seen the... Fo- they were all, oh, they forgot me. Oh, oh, it's class, it's class. So me and Nikki both collectively turned right in their fists and we're like, you must forget! <laughs> and they're all, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 they're all, what the... They're all, like, backed seriously up all, what the fuck? <laughs> Do you want me to forget the phone? Did you think it was bad? We were all, no, you knew the... Bo- you they're like, no, that's... the but does not exist in the film. So we're like, we seen, we were thought we were going crazy. We're all, the idiots are goodness. And like, but we'd obviously seen like a French cut as opposed to an American That's or a British so cut. So have you ever seen the film again? Like no. a regular cut of it? No, or? and lots of, because we were then sitting down, oh, what's, like, what happened in your film? What's your, like, because we'd seen it four times in a row. We knew what happened. Like, they're saying shit that doesn't fucking happen. The aliens were messing maybe with somebody. Were, maybe they were just talking about a different film. No, it was definitely like it. It's no, it was definitely this 
We roared in some <laughs> poor girl's face really loud, telling her to forget. To be fair, she sounded like she deserved it. Yeah. That's a bitch. <laughs> so that's what I forgot to forget about. <laughs> Well, Harry, hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> I've forgotten the question. <laughs> okay, we shall move on to recommendations. That was tight. That was nice. <laughs> Enjoyed that. <laughs> Who got a recommendation? Uh, I have one. Uh, my one is... In a world. Uh, in a world. In a world. Have we not done this before? I think it sounds like we have done this I before. Know, I've definitely said in a world in this have microphone. Have I recommended in a world before? I think so. Ah, fucking hell, I probably have. Uh, right, well, fuck it then. My recommendation is Capitalism, A Love Story by Michael Murr. It's 2009. It's literally just kind of harking back to what you were talking about earlier on with the big short. It's about just uh, capitalism all day enough and how it's fucking a very evil, uh, inherently bad thing. Uh, like most of Michael Murray's documentaries, he maybe involves himself a wee bit too much, and he kind of tries to make himself a character, which actually dilutes from the main focus. But you can't argue we, you know, the the sort of the things he's putting across exactly the things that he's putting across, and then the criticisms that he's putting across. Also, me and Dan discussed this the other night because the only reason I recommended it, we rewatched it the other night. It's on Netflix, and we pointed out that in all the Murray's films, not just that, but Psycho and Bone for Columbine and Fahrenheit Nine Eleven. Whoever has researchers or whoever's in charge of like getting the stock footage, which kind of helps they put his point across, you know, in a satirical way, is is fucking so good. And he he does that brilliantly again in uh, Capitalism Love Story, but it's only like a small point. But definitely watch it again, like we're saying earlier on, like the Big Short. I think it's a very important film. I think that we all live in a capitalist society. Most of the Western world obviously lives in a capitalist society, and sometimes you just have to take a wee step back and realize that it's not all what it's built up to be. You know, it is actually a kind of inherently bad thing when you actually take a step back from it. Like. But definitely give that a go. I like to recommend the old documentary too because, like, sometimes we do too much fiction. You know? Yeah. <laughs> You're a fictional man. <laughs> fictional man. I don't know what that means. But emotional man. <laughs> um, Sexual man. No. What? I, I couldn't imagine you having sex. No, I can't imagine myself. <laughs> you probably, you probably don't want time. me imagining you having sex. <laughs> what did you say? What? <laughs> what, about, what are you talking about? <laughs> Not quite sure. No. A lonely, lonely man. <laughs> <laughs> My recommendation is thank you for smoking. Oh, okay. yes. Aaron Eckhart. When was yes. it? Like, like 2005 or something? Yeah, something it's, like that. It's, it's fucking brave old. Brave old. <laughs> brave brave old. <laughs> no, but the, the, the thing that reminds me of it is just you talking about capitalism, a love story, and there's a scene in Thank You for Smoking where... Arne Eckhart plays like a lob a lobbyist for the tobacco yep. tobacco what companies industry whatever yeah yeah Tobacos. choose a choose a word tobacconists tobacconists uh but yeah so they they have him on this talk show and they have like a like a kid that's suffering from cancer on the show and there's and there's and like they have this person like saying how like smoking's bad and all say but then Arne Eckhart turns it around like you're glad this kid has cancer you're out here parading them out and like it's just showing like how he can twist things and just like spin doctor things all there 
But what minded me of this film is because when I first watched Capitalism, a love story, I was blocked. <laughs> and there's a bit in it where like you see like a family being kicked out of their house or something like that. Yeah. And I went and did like the same kind of I was like, Michael Murray's fucking loving this here. He want, like <laughs> he's he's, he's glad that that family's getting kicked because he makes his fucking documentary on it. <laughs> <laughs> but then if you have that opinion, that's basically saying nothing should ever happen I know, I know. <laughs> so because if, if nothing ever happened there'd be no subject matter for anything so everybody should just sit in a big white fucking room Chan I'm not saying I'm right <laughs> you're saying you're mental son but I'm not saying I'm wrong no yeah. not fair I 100% agree with but no it's, uh, thank you for smoking it's 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 really kind of like satirical kind of comedy uh, there's there's some great stuff in there just about like how like they they try and make like smoking a bigger thing in Hollywood and all and there's just some great stuff in there. Is Jason Reitman doing it? I I can't imagine. I think it might be Jason Reitman just before Juno. I think it was his first one of his first films. I think you might be right. I think it is Jason Reitman. But we could easily look us up, but fuck it. Could, Watch yeah. it. It's good. Our neck hurt before he got shot and did I Frankenstein. Keep us winning. Um, my recommendation is Sucker Punch. No one done that before. Nope. Uh, we've we've berated it on the podcast before. <laughs> I would highly recommend Sucker Punch. <laughs> um, just to fuck everyone off. No, I'm joking. Um, well, I'm going to recommend it anyway. I know. Go 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 go. Go. It's quite fun. I ain't telling you. Uh, I think it's like Zack Sna- Schneider. Zack Schneider. Schneider. Zack Schneider. <laughs> um, In Sucker Punch. It's 2014-ish. I don't know. I think. Uh, it's about this girl who is left in a mental institution by her abusive stepfather and as a coping mechanism retreats under her imagination and somehow forms a plot to escape. Um, but I quite liked it because in her imagination it's heavily CGI, it's like dragons robots shitloads of guns just random locations it's like a video game it's like that's one thing i don't like about sucker punch is that in all fairness the visuals are excellent like it's it's impressive to, and plus it's like it's watchable yes in the sense of like it's it's got live music it's like play like me i watched it in the sense of like I would like to play through this as a level. Yeah. And yeah. I put, you know, I'd be like, oh, I want to, you know. And I think that's kind of what he was going for, too. You know what I, mean? I will say what you want about Zack Snyder. He makes a good looking film. Oh, he makes a fine looking film, boy. But I mean, like, you, you, look, at, <laughs> <laughs> you look at it as well. I mean, another reason they love it, and I haven't mentioned him in many, many episodes, and I feel like I'm not giving enough love, but of course, John Hamm was on there. He did mention a murder. Did I? Hey, you smelled ham in the sun. <laughs> John Ham has been here. <laughs> well, I smelled the actual ham. But anyway. Do you know what John Ham smells like? I, I'm sure it's unbelievable. I'm sure it smells so good. Like I'm cured, sure his hair like smells amazing. Cured ham. Yeah, really cured that ham. fancy shit with like breadcrumbs around. I uh, it. Yeah. Denny, like a, the finest Denny you've ever got. Like, not, that, not that fucking five pack for a pound. Like, you know, the, the four pound stuff. That's you know, I know the, the, the one that's like, like two pound for like four slices. And it's like, yeah. this this can't, can't work out. Like, I'm, I'm going to eat this in about three seconds. <laughs> this is all going in one sandwich. <laughs> not even that. It's all going in one fucking pork cigar. You ever do a pork cigar? No. <laughs> 
I know, no, but no, no, but I know you ever did. It's just so weird. Like, I don't know, but like, you can't, you can't wag a poor. I'm sure the listener does this too, but you can't just have one slice of ham out the pack. It's not enough. That, that's not nourishment. <laughs> you have to get at least five fucking slices. And if you don't have bread or you're just not fucked, they make a sandwich. Just roll it on the one big fuck off, selling it on the big cigar, as we said already. Cigar. Straight down there. Or sometimes, if you're feeling fancy, we fucking cheese slice them, Elliot. Oh, 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 a twist. I do yeah. do this cigar, but not with five. Oh, that's crazy. Fuck, hey. that's, 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 that's crazy. That's a stogie, man. I did it with three, and then I did it with three, and I had to like throw the butt in the bun. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> afters. <laughs> you call it afters on a fucking ham cigar, or pork cigar, or pork cigar. Uh, yeah, sucker punch. Get on it. Okay, we'll wrap it up there, folks. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to get in contact with us, you know, tell us what kind of cigars you like. You can find us on Facebook, Let's Talk More Movies Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, at Talk More Movies. Or you can email us, Let's Talk More Movies at gmail.com. You can also leave us comments, reviews on iTunes, Acast, and Stitcher Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I've been your host, Michael Breslin. Shanko has been Shanko. Yeah, yeah. Kiva Sweeney's been Kiva Sweeney. <laughs> Episode 41, mama. Oh, quite laid back here. Yeah. Thank you so much for this man. Goodbye. I just had to throw out my white girl moves at the end. (laughs) (laughs) She's having another seizure. (laughs) Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.